everybody. Welcome back. Podcast for the lead. Omar here with Okamish or The Kamish. What's up, guys? Welcome back. And we got another uh, we got a special guest. Not, not or a returning, <clears throat> returning guest. Not really special, but just this dude that happened to be here. Hi, Jose, Conception, everyone. And then we at the championship clubhouse again. Oh, it's a clubhouse of the Grand Champs. Oh, <laughs> guys come from yeah, Cat exactly. City, Palm Springs, Cat City, all the way to Indian Wells <laughs> to come and do this. That's their commitment. From one upscale place to another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, week four, <clears throat> you know, it's wrapped up, already done. Get enough of this NFL football, man. Like, it's crazy. Uh, the games are, and then our matchups, man. Like, again, so how'd you guys do uh, your, your, your matchup? Um, my matchup, I went up against uh, in July, and I think, uh, I, if I remember correctly, one of the uh, preseason episodes we talked about uh, rivalries and how breaking records and certain records that were, you know kind of like undefeated or defeated uh, against other uh, teams. And I want to say I think uh, in July this is going to be his first win against me. So, yeah, man, this stuff is coming to life. Thanks for bringing, bringing it to the spotlight, Omar. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, but, but I think it was week one, maybe week two, where I, I uh, played uh, McPike. And I beat him. That was a, and apparently I've never beat him before. The other one, yeah. So that was, I mean, that worked out. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's nice to know all these uh, these records you brought up uh, before the season. You know, it's good things to uh, look forward to. Like that was a good matchup. Um, but yeah, my my guys, they kind of my guys didn't show up, man. My running backs. And I think it was another one of those games where it didn't matter if my bench points were starting. I still wouldn't have had enough. Yeah. So, uh, good game, July. Patterson, man, going down. IR. I saw that. Obviously. <clears throat> hey, so how, about, how about them Cowboys? Super Rush, man. Yeah, he did good for me. That's the only time I want the Cowboys to succeed. <laughs> benefits me. <laughs> but then again, he played Washington, too, so. You, Omar. Yeah, uh, oh, wait, that was the yeah. same game. Fortunately, that was the same game. <laughs> I've been a little hungry to go for some in and out, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, we had this little plan <laughs> for in and out. Oh, it was, 
So what was the bet? Double double. Oh yeah. Then didn't we didn't we talk about last time about doing a five guys bet? Yeah. Was that between us? Yeah. When did that match up? Oh yeah, that was week. That's gonna be week. Uh, week. week seven. All right, right now we're gonna we're gonna put on record to be a five guys matchup, full on meal. Cajun fries. Cajun fries. Okay. You want in on this? Five guys is cool, but better than In and Out. It's better than In and Out. It's a different burger. It's better than In-N-Out. Nah, you it's know, you know burger. what's really good is the habit. It's alright. You don't? Bro, you like the habit? Yeah, I like the. What, like the fries or the burger? The burger, the fries, everything. I mean, it's like almost like a backyard burger, but it can't be Five Guys, dude. No, Five Guys, it, it's overrated. Five, no, In-N-Out's overrated. No. That's well, like a like a grease ball by yeah, now. We're about to move some furniture <laughs> around here, man. <laughs> you talk about some grease ball, dude. In-N-Out, it's not what it used to be. No, bro. Five Guys is the greasiest stuff nah, ever. Nah, uh-uh. It's the freshest thing ever. Uh, it's like a straight-up backyard burger. Leave, the bag is yeah, bro. Yeah, it's all nasty. The burgers are. I mean, uh, the the fries. No, no, the fries. No, the fries are. But come on, you, they have the best fries. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, See? Just because they gave you that. Nah. Yeah, they give you a good fries. Nah, the burgers are way better. The only downside is that sometimes the bag can get a little. From what? From the humidity <laughs> of the burger <laughs> way. Because it's wrapped up in the foil, duh. Nah, but y'all don't like the habit. No, have nah. Come on. Nah, yeah, it's like we're down there. We have one down the street right here. Yeah. And the ranch is probably the best ranch I've tasted. Is there a house or what? I, I mean, I can't mm. say much. Because the only time I went there, I wasn't. Maybe I, maybe I should have. Oh, you know what? It's good, though. Um, they got a steak and, steak and shake or shake and steak. Yeah, yeah. You guys have that? No. Isn't that the one that's like more more like towards the beach? I've seen steak and there's, shack or something like that? There's one down there. Steak, steak shack, shack? Something like that. Yeah. Well, I've been the one in Yucca. Oh, I've never been there. They have smash burgers. Anyways. Hey, you want to talk about a bet? Yeah. All right. Anyways. But the best one. Is the local one? It's called Gorilla Burger. You guys ever been there? Yeah, I've tasted it. It's good. No, that's, I, I that's better than Five Guys. No. Yeah. The best burger, Tony's Burger. That's pretty good. Tony's Burgers. Where's that? Uh, is that the corner of uh, Landau? Oh no no no! I ha- that's not where I tasted it. Um, Landau. Uh, Landau. Oh boys. Boys burgers. Burger, boys, nice. Dude. No, I've been. I'm a me there, and I didn't like it. You didn't like I it? Mean, nah. it's not... And now I'm a huge burger fan. I had like hopes for it, yeah. and I was like, eh, it's alright. Yeah, I mean, it's not like. It's almost like the uh, Andy's burgers from Coachella. Yeah, yeah, or, or something Texas like that. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Goodies is pretty good. Yeah, good burger. I like. I get their own. Those are keys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, all right, man. Well, we got bets here. There's plenty of places to make a bet for it. So. <laughs> Yeah, pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the Valley's got so many places. Well, we should do, like, yo, like, hey, if I win, you got to go to the Habit, get me a burger. But if you win, then I have to go to, like, three five places. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so good matchups. And then, man, that was 
Chef Rule, man, Mike, high score, 172, you see that? Against John McClay. Yeah, I took him out. No. Yeah, there's no chance in that one, dude. You have any point, some points on the bench? Sanders going off, 27. Yeah, Geno Smith. Hawkinson, bro. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yep, 31. 31. Dude, Jared Goff. What is Jared Goff doing over there, dude? 40. 40. Okay. And what's crazy is some of these guys could have picked up off waivers. You know what? The, the one I keep. <laughs> the, one, the, the one I I, uh, I kick myself over about is uh, Jamal Williams, dude. The backup to uh, oh, Swift. No, uh, oh, Jamal Williams, yeah. Yeah. I saw him there. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick I him up. Swift. I was like, I'm going to pick him up, you know, because he, he has potential. And I was like, you know what? I'll put a. I could have just picked him up free agency. Yeah. You know, and then I think it was like Friday or Thursday, because Friday and Saturday are waivers. And then Sunday, you had to put in a waiver on it. And then uh, John's a pick. Just pick them up when I have a chance. Like, no, nah, I don't want to give up. Uh, I don't even know who it is anymore. The receiver from the, from the Giants, I drafted. No, yeah. Okay. The, the newbie picked up. Oh, it, it was him? Yeah. I thought it was John. Yeah, 15. Oh, I didn't seem to play against me, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it went against me for not picking him up. Brian finally went down. <laughs> Down goes Frazier. Three and one. Jamar Wars. Man. Jamar, you serious? Yeah, man. He's serious this year, man. Three and one. Second place. Excellent. Going wild. Yeah, my homies. Dude, he left some nice points on the bench, too. I was surprised Christian Kirk and Mark Andrews didn't do as well, but he didn't need them. Done. Okay, lightning. 152. Man, John. John dominated last year. Having a rough start. Yeah, rough start. Rough start. Yeah, JT's not really pending out, man. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Kind of hit and miss. I mean, this is would be a spoiler. 23 the first game, but then 6, 9, 1. 23 points last week, but... How about this trade that's uh, pending right now? Yeah, we got a couple good trades happening. Happened already. That was a uh, Josh Jacobs. Did, did you end up playing Josh Jacobs? Yeah. yeah. I was playing Josh Jacobs. Yeah, dude. That was a good trade. That was a fair trade. Man. That was a very fair trade, straight up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
wide receiver for a number two running back? And then there's another trade going in the league, right? Breaking news. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey for Alvin Kamara and Richard Penny. That guy won that trade, man. I, mean, I lost that tra- I lost that trade. How's two. that? You gave up two? Yeah, I gave up two. RB1s? Yeah. Kamara, he's going to come back healthy. Not only that, Rashad Penny coming off a great week. Yeah. More potential. Yeah. Young guy. Oh, wow. Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. So gonna be- Pete Carroll's going to start running the ball. Yeah, sure. He's got some great matchups until week 10. So it's like, I think he actually won the trade, but, you know, you got to sacrifice the queen. too because I think at the beginning of the season we we're talking about Josh Jacobs and I was like nah that guy's done he's done order you know because they used him a lot the first season second season that's when he saw him breaking down and after that up until now he hasn't had a decent season he had one decent game which was last week and you know that might I don't know he might end up coming back his fifth year but like you said he get beat up so much dude like he just It's gonna be the it's gonna be like a new trend. I mean, the Raiders kind of have that going too, but uh, it's Amir White and I think Amir Abdullah, maybe Brandon Bolden as like a red zone or goal, goal line guy. But the Rams, Akers, yeah, you can never depend on the Rams now because it's if it was Cam Akers. I remember when I picked them up, it was Cam Akers, and after that, it was just like Cam Henderson and then like the third Malcolm guy. Brown. Yeah, and I was like, Dude. and it's just. Basically, like Same the Patriots or the Eagles. Patriots, Eagles yeah. yeah, it's going to be the new thing because you want to, and I feel like that should be sm- the smarter thing to do instead of using like your, one yeah, guy, your one guy just down. pounding them over and over. Well, why don't you just bring in a new fresh like, set of legs every time? Like your boy, time. you know, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. Like, yeah. Well, he finally got received the Derrick Henry here like two weeks ago. Remember that? He was crossing and somebody, yeah. That was the first time ever that I've ever seen anyone lay him out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, it seems like 
running backs have a five-year, five or six-year span where yeah, it's like, okay, the right most here, we're, we're, yeah. running, we're running you to the ground for this amount of time. Yeah. And then that, after that, that's, and that's long, bro. And I can see years. why they want to get paid, too. Yeah. Like, Zeke offer it. Like, and, but he's been declining since year one. But it's kind of like, the thing that sucks is by the owners, like, yeah, I have you on a rookie contract. Yeah. I can pay you this. I don't necessarily need to give you more, you know, but those are the best years, you know, and some of these guys do get compensated for what they've done in the past, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's like a, a double-edged sword, you know, like you uh, you want the running back to get paid, but then as the owner, like, you don't want to give up that much for someone complaining. Yeah, you gotta have, like, you gotta have that vision to where you're like, Smith or something to kind of like last that long. Or four. I can't get any yards. So like, Derek Henry. Derek Henry's the highest paid running back. Running? Yeah, he just got paid last year after the MVP. Really, he's the highest paid. I thought it was um, Patrick Williams. Four. The last one to get paid. The four that can't I think it was. Yeah. The last one was to get Zeke. He got paid, 15. and then McCaffrey got paid. Camaro, 15. Dalvin Cook, 5 1⁄2. Nick Chubbers. Aaron Jones. From this instance, Aquad. So the top paid guys? Or is that like 14, 16? Uh, six. Yeah, there's 12. 12, and then uh, Aquad is 7.7. And that's off the rookie deal? I don't think you have a second contract. I don't think so. No, I think that's a good deal. But again, same thing we're saying. These big backs getting run down. Backers are small guys, so even though he's muscular and all that, like, it's a little hard. It's a Ferrari, bro. It's a Ferrari. You only got to take him out, out of the shop, once the police come. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Waiting on parts. <laughs> I wait for this new meniscus to come in. The awards, best team last last week for the chef, Chef Mike. 172, worst team. Don't mention the worst team. Uh, Aluli had uh, the best quarterback. That's funny because he had the best quarterback with Jared Goff at 41.2 points, and he had the best bench warming quarterback, Tom Brady, with 30.3. And it says here that the bench warmer of the week, the kicker, is Los Diaz. Bench warmer? Yeah. You were a kicker? Free agency? No, it's zero points. What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. How does that even? How does that even make? Man, yeah, I have a uh, no kicker with zero points on my bench. That makes sense, I guess. I guess nobody has a no kicker. No, nobody does. Huh? Nah, but I'm the that one weird guy that has like two defenses and two kickers on the roster because I can never make up my mind what's <laughs> done. Because I'm always trying to find like that one kicker yeah. that's gonna give me double digit points. Things should just stick with who you got. I mean, 
it's hard to play matchups with the kicker, dude. At least the defenses, you can do that. So the standings uh, changed just a little bit. Brian still, were you number one last? Uh, I think you were, you were two, right? Yeah, I was two. Oh, because of points. Points, points. So. so, Brian, number one, with 502 points. Evan, Lamar, you're serious. Second place, with 482 and a 3-1 record. And... But look at that, though. Like, he's points against... 505. Yeah. I think he's, uh, you know, well, third highest. But, I mean, for it to be in second place, yeah. that's definitely a matchup thing. Third place, 460. Julie jumped up a spot. Okay. Four. And boy. Went up two and spots? Nobody said anything about my new teammate. I don't even know what that means. Bighorn hype. Bighorn hype. Rams? Like hype up the Rams? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I moved up two spots. Number five. One in your hearts, they form hype. And Shepard moves, moves up three spots. Nice. Kamish uh, moves down three spots. Then. The Lightning, Top Gun, and Johnny. The bottom. Johnny's last place? Yeah. Ooh. It's just by points, though. Because, I mean, they have the uh, same record yeah. as a duty. 467. I'm just saying, if you end up in last place, you have to do a punishment. It's funny, like now that we were looking at like the different kinds of punishments, I've been seeing like more and more of them pop up. So, there was one, did you see the one I posted? It was, they were saying that in this one guy's league, they were, uh, one, they kick out one person in the fantasy. So they don't know who it is. I don't know how they, they decide who gets kicked out. But you know, you don't tell anybody till the day of the draft. So, like, so, is, it last, is it a last place thing, or is it? It's like I it win the championship, but you're gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be some random, so you never know. So that's kind of. So you'd have someone on like what on reserve? I guess so. well, that's kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> I mean, I can see how you would kick out the last place guy and bring in someone else, yeah. and then the last place guy the following you kick them out and bring in whoever's ready to come in. I could see that, yeah, but that's, yeah. that's <laughs> <a fact. laughs> but it's like you know, you, like, like I said, you win the championship, and you're like, hey, bro, you're out. Yeah, like, man, like you're like, you're a threat. <laughs> not trying to have you come back next year. Notes ready. You got three notepads full of notes, and you got your <laughs> tablet and everything. And then, sorry, boss, you, you ain't playing this year. You out. You remember when Joe came with his binder? Yeah, dude. What a binder! A three-ring binder and like two notebooks. I'm like, what are you researching, dude? Like, what kind of notes did you take during the off season? And he still ended up being like one of the worst teams. No, I think next year. We should really make a push to whoever's local to show up at a whatever location it's gonna be and suit up. Yeah, you, know, you don't need to suit. You don't need to come in a suit, but just like how you would come in, however you want to get dressed. You know, but like how they have like NBA players, NFL players come in. You know, yeah, 
you know, have you come in and, you know, either in your uh, West Westbrook, you know, get up with the, yeah, with the ripped shirt and, you know, your red pants, or you can come in in a suit, you know, or just very casual, you know, with the headphones for the, for the draft. Oh, for the draft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming for the draft. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be no, nice. What we need to talk about is the punishment. For that, Kevin? Yeah. Is that the Lamar series? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he seems, seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's totally down. He actually sent me some other, uh, on Instagram, he showed me some other, like, last punishment. So it's on his mind. And he's, you know, he's a legit guy, so. Yeah, we got to make him do something. Like, we got to make sure we give What's some motivation to whoever... Yeah. Whoever yeah, is in last place. He's been kind of letting it you know, simmer a little bit. Pretty cool about it. So. But he was all down about running around the Walmart. <laughs> I think he looked too good in the pink shirt, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> Omar's the only one who's fulfilled that, man. I know. And that was two years ago. Because No, three and years that, ago. That, by the way, that's... Three now, huh? Yeah, because the other last guy didn't show up. I think I have it on my page. Yeah, I'll probably put a link to it on the loop chat. Yeah, man, this guy was like. But you didn't finish the whole chip, though. It was a big bite, though. It was a big bite. You should have just taken the whole thing. I probably, thinking about it, yeah. If he would have taken the whole thing, man, he might have. He might have, like. But, like, then, but that little piece that I had, you guys split it up. You can attest to that, man. That was hot chip. That was a, that was a hot chip. <laughs> he would have convulsed, bro. But he, told, he was telling me that after all that at uh, Andrew's house. That when he got home, he felt it up until like two, three o'clock yeah, in the morning, I dude. Was, I was on the floor in a fetal position, <laughs> just like. Look, you were. Oh, yeah, I was on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I felt like I was going to have a frisbee or something. Like, <laughs> With the <laughs> ring of fire, too? Yeah, <laughs> the ring of fire. <laughs> well, no, well, no, you, you felt it until yeah, yeah. the morning? Yeah, I mean, I was on the floor. Dude, that has to be hot, dude, because I've done the, the hot challenge or the hot wing challenge at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. And that that lasted up until like midnight, you know. But stuff stayed in my fingers, oh, yeah. you know, so I couldn't really touch my face or you know, sensitive areas. Yeah. But nothing to what he was telling me. Well, then, but the thing too was like I was preparing myself for that, so I was watching videos like how to prepare yourself for like a hot chip challenge or what to eat the uh, combat like the yeah. spiciness of chips and stuff. And they were saying like bananas, eat bread, pork. So I was like carving up just to get you know so i wouldn't get so like you know super like affected by it so i think that kind of helped a little bit you know did we hit you out of nowhere like it was like unexpected because yeah. yeah. oh. he okay how it happened was we just so happened to be at uh at andrew's house uh george brought the ps brought ps4 PS or something yeah anyway we were playing madden and uh we just called omar hey bro we're over here if you want to come i didn't think you Oh, he ended up coming. Yeah. And then uh, George was like, hey, bro, you have you fulfilled the challenge or whatever? I got the pack. <laughs> the instigator. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess he actually, he didn't have it with him. He actually went to his house to go pick it up. All the way back to back his house? Yeah. That guy wants somebody to suffer. He wanted to watch yeah. someone suffer. So, so I mean, to, for you to be ready to be carved up, I don't think you even had that. Right? Oh, didn't he mention? I think he mentioned it. He's like, hey, come on. Oh, really? Oh, okay, maybe. 
Because, I mean, I just remember, like, eating some bananas before that. Or maybe it was just, that was just my dinner. I don't know. I just remember I parked up. <laughs> Ready for that. You had that last minute notice and you're like, I gotta yep. prepare for this real quick. Yeah, nah, but it, it does, I guess it does linger, especially in your hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing uh, a hot, a hot challenge, the challenge, the one, no, the one on YouTube. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot oh one. yeah, the hot, hot one. Hot, hot ones. Hot ones. Hot yeah. ones. Dude, it's hilarious. So, long story short, Jack Black does it, right? Uh-huh. There's a scene, like a behind-the-scenes footage of him doing it, right? So it's not the actual show, but it's like behind-the-scenes. He has his own little channel or something. <laughs> so he's doing it with along with his... Because he has a band, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the other guy. The so guy yeah. they both do it or whatever. It's good, whatever. But the, the one, like, behind-the-scenes, he's like afterwards, he's like in the green room or whatever. He's like, he's kind of like just like... Like that, he's digesting it. And then the camera kind of goes near him, and he's like, dude, I got to tell you something. After the challenge, I went to the bathroom, and, you know, obviously you have this, like, the spiciness, the sauce on my hands. And, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you know, I might have, you know, grazed my nuts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, my balls on fire. <laughs> and he's like, he barely has his eyes open because he's just like, you know, it's just oh like the gosh. effect of the, 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 the spiciness oh. on <laughs> But the way he said it is just hilarious. <laughs> but then some of those guests, I've seen a bunch of those too. Some of the guests just take like a little bite and then just throw it. Yeah, they don't eat the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they just can't take it, man. Just, I'm down to do that, though. Down, dude, because they actually sell it. I'm down right here. You want to do it? I'm down, dude. Dude, we got to do a podcast with just everybody. that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can provide the camera for the YouTube footage, yeah. Just do it. And Omar, you're, you're in the yeah. no, 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 yeah, you can't just go play some audio. You gotta see the expressions in the face. Now, I wanna, the, the ones I, I laugh at are like the, the, the Shaquille one, where he's just like, he's like, oh. And he's like, oh. And then he's, his eyes like open up. This dude, like, no, no, no. I remember, like, he, he just he brags about how much he can take, but then he's like, no, I gotta take milk or whatever. <laughs> I think he didn't even take the last one. I don't think he finished. No, he didn't put an extra dab on <laughs> The funniest one is Kevin Hart. You seen Kevin Hart? Yeah. He's, his was hilarious. It's like, like high, he can't even, like the, the spiciness affected him like to a point where it's like, he was just fucking disgusting. I'm definitely gonna make that happen though. This season for sure. Maybe we can do it after the the um, championship's over, the last couple of weeks of football. Continue with the podcast. We know fantasy football is over. We can just continue with it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so, Kevo, we need that. Yeah, last place uh, punishment, man. We got to work that out pretty soon, my friend. So, who's the next guest you guys want to have on here? Uh, 
Appreciate that. It's a uh, very last, yeah, we, last yeah, second, man. not even minute, but last second. Yeah, man. So, tell us about this. Tell us. All right. <laughs> you grew up here? Yeah, I grew up in Coachella, uh, in the valley my whole life, actually. And I got to leave once for school. And it wasn't very far. I went to the Inland Empire. And I got to live in, huh? Raleigh. Raleigh. Uh, that's on Imperial. Oh. Uh, Inland Empire is this? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I went to school in Ontario and I got to live in Rancho Chuchumanga. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, next Friday? Yeah. <laughs> next Friday. <laughs> that movie is That's just as, yeah. I think uh, it's probably funnier than the yeah. first one, but it's pretty good. So? It's really funny, dude. I think the first one is just, you know, every line. So yeah. So I I knew that those lines to that movie by sixth grade. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I can't I can't remember any scripture though. Yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, where you went to school out there or something? Uh, I went to school at CV. In in basically, everyone knows. Yeah, in Aeropride. And you played football, right? I played my first year, yeah, and uh, I almost didn't play. Well, this is coming to freshman year, not knowing that you have to show up for Hell Week. So I've heard of it, but I didn't know how it worked out because obviously, yeah, you don't go to school before school starts. So apparently this was a thing before you started, and I miss all Hell Week, and I show up week one, you know, after the, it was like right before the first game. And asked the coach, like, hey, I want to play some football. I want to play football. And he's like, where are we for Hell Week? Uh, at home? Like, how, how tall was your coach? Uh, technically, but yeah. He, he's about 5'10. So, no, not taller than me. Because yeah, freshman you, year, I think I was like. I'm saying, if I'm your coach, you come up to me and you're like, I'm looking up and you're like, coach, I want to play football. I'm like, get right in. Like, <laughs> well, I was in. I wasn't this tall in high school. Oh. I was, well, I'm not, technically, I'm, well, I'm 6'2 now, but I walked out, I think, about six feet, so I did, grew up, yeah. So I think I was 5'10 my freshman year, but I was already at, like, 2'10, 2'15. So the coach is, like, giving me some, you know, some slack for, for slack for giving, not going for Hell Week. And he's like, I'm not going to start you. You just, you're not going to play. You need to, you know, practice you know show me you want to play and i was like all right man i'll do that and i think by week four he started putting me in the games because i started showing you know that i could play in the practice and then i ended up uh, developing this uh, rivalry against the guy that whose position i was going after but i didn't i didn't i wasn't trying to like you know create any issues but the coach was and apparently i was, you know, it's like a guy thing and pride thing. So he's like, hey, this guy, I forgot his name, but they used to call him Taco. He's like, hey, Taco, new guy's going to come after your position. And I was like, me? He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> Carlos, new guy, he's going to take your position. First you... of all, what position was 
Uh, this was defensive end on the left side. And I would also play right guard. And I could not stop playing offense, dude. It's, it's boring, dude. For the line, like, I get how some guys could be like, hey, you're not coming through, you know? I've always been a defensive guy, like, because I don't like just sitting there waiting for the for the defense to come over and hit me. I want to be the guy that's coming down on, you know, on the other guy. So when I played defense, I was, that was a lot more fun, you know? I'm more of a, I used to be more of a contact and aggressive guy and wanting to hurt someone. And, you know, just all in football. But, um, yeah, week four, he started putting me in. And by the last, the last game of the season, I started, I took over the guy's position and I started the, uh, the game before that and the last game. And the last game was probably my best game. We played um, Indio, Indio High School. The Rajas, not Shadow Hills, because they didn't exist back then. But it was the, um, what do you call it, the Date Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Don't you have a bell? Oh, is it yeah. Bell? Oh, the bell game. But this also, it's called like the day bowl, but they, or the oh. date, something like that. I can't remember. It was the day bowl, but it was also the bell game. Um, anyway, we ended up winning. Um, and I think it was like the first time in like, like eight years or something like that. But, uh, dude, I was, I was playing defense most of the game. And the coach, my coach, my uh, defensive coach, uh, not the head coach, he just kept putting me in there. Just go in there, go in there, go in there. Because he was the coach, head coach, trying to he was trying to give me a break, but he was wanting to let the other guy play, and he's like, "No, man, go in there, go in there. I, I see what they can't stop you. You know, just keep going in there." And uh, yeah, man, I think I had like, I think like four, five tackles, and one I def- had a one deflection on a quarterback, and almost had a sack and another tackle for like five yard loss, and. Uh, yeah, that was the best game I had. That's, that's um, high school. And then the following year, sophomore year, I didn't play because it wasn't fun. I played because it was, I wanted it to be fun. I played, you know, because I wanted it to be fun for me. And when I played for this coach, it wasn't fun, you know. So the following year, again, I missed, well, I wasn't playing, so I didn't show up for Hell Week. And I'm in class. I think it was PE. And he comes out and he's like, hey, what the hell? Where were you for uh, Hell Week? I didn't show up. I don't want to play. He's like, what do you mean you don't want to play? Like, I don't want to play for you. you so know? that first year was your freshman year? That was my freshman year. Did yeah. you play varsity? No, I was freshman. Oh, freshman. Yeah, freshman okay, year. So, okay, so now this is your sophomore year. Yeah. So Technically would be JV, yeah. And, uh, and the thing, the weird thing was that I'm a small guy. Well, I mean, compared to other football guys, I was 5'10", 215. And I think I was pushing 5'11 by sophomore year because my girls' first had already gone through middle school. And um, so he's coming, looking for me and telling me, how come I didn't show up? And I was like, dude, like, I don't want to play. You know, it's not fun. He's like, what do you mean it's not fun? It's not supposed to be fun. Like, That's why I don't want to play. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I'm so disappointed. I go, why? He's like, I've never seen someone work so hard just to give up. And I was like, you know what? I didn't give up. I finished what I started. I finished the season. I finished what I started. And I know that this year, I don't want to play for you because it's not fun playing for you. And was that the same coach? The same coach. Yeah. And he just walked away like, 
what kind of like what a waste of a talent or whatever. Maybe it was a hard work. I mean, was I don't. Hispanic? Or? No, he was black. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was my football. That was my only, I guess, uh, football in high school. I played oh, some baseball. Nah, not why. Like I said, it wasn't. I just oh, kind of so went stopped, away from it. I just stopped playing. Oh, okay. And then sophomore year is when I started. Uh, well, I played baseball my freshman year. Sophomore year, I was I was playing, and then I slacked it with my grades. And my sophomore year, I was playing JV, and then I got invited to play varsity. Um, and uh, I got to practice. I got to play a couple games. And then they just told me, like, hey, you can play. You got to keep your grades up. And I couldn't do it. So, and I was just that kind of slacker. <laughs> you know, I just figured, like, well, I'm a student athlete. They'll cover for me. And I'm like, nah, man, you really got to keep that 2.0. It's not like in the movies where. No, it's not. Everybody does your homework for you. Exactly. But. At City. Nah, definitely not CV. But yeah, man, it was. Uh, those were my sports in, uh, in high school. And. Uh, I mean, it was fun. And I played baseball as uh, Little League, but I, I haven't played after that. Just kind of like, um, like softball. Yeah, big league. Yeah. And then football was always uh, a turkey bowl. Turkey bowl. And it, it was fun. Then I stopped. Uh... <laughs> Dude, football is football, right? Even if it's flag football. So especially the big guys. That Now, now I'm 6'2". And when I played, so I've lost 50 pounds. I've been 50 pounds lighter in the last three, no, last four years. Back then, um, after high school, I gained some weight and I was like 275, 285. And I was playing turkey bowl, right? And uh, I would always play aggressive. So I'm like running through some of these guys. And there's always one guy, or Freddie, remember? Yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah, yeah. So the quarterback, he's a little guy, you know, but he, I can't, I, I just don't uh, like people like that personality where they want to do everything they want, but when you do it, you know, something that they don't like, they start pointing out, like, hey, no, he's doing this, I don't like it, or he can't be doing that. Anyway, um, I remember one season, or one game, not season, one of the games. Yeah. So one, of, and it's the thing, is like you look forward to it all year. So, man, like I'm a competitive, you know, aggressive when I play. So I'm running in there trying to get all my aggression out from all the whole year I've been holding in. And I'm like breaking through the line again. And I have to play offense because it's, you know, only like maybe like seven, ten guys. And that's my only position is line. But when I play defense, I'm breaking through the line. Anyway, I'm getting like all up in this guy's face, you know, um, slapping the ball out of his hand. And he's like, dude, you can't be playing like that. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Just stand in front of you? You know, so one of, one of the plays, I go in there. I break through the line around the corner. I'm chasing him. And I go for the flag. I get a handful, a handful of ass, basically. <laughs> grab his flag, his butt cheek, and his shorts. Grab it. And I go, I'm going for the flag. I grab the flag. And I pull it and basically pull the flag and it no i ripped his shorts <laughs> i don't remember if you were i ended up ripping the shorts but not down it went across like from right butt cheek to the left butt cheek so he was he, 
pretty much. Money Mike? Money Mike, right? Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Um, anyways. <laughs> no? <laughs> not the cartoon. <laughs> anyway, so he, he ends up getting all, pay, all pissed. And uh, yeah, man, so I get labeled as the guy. And all these years, I didn't know I was the guy until the last game I played. And I'm out there with my Raiders uh, set up here. You know, and then uh, one of my friends that was getting the league together, he comes over and tells me, like, "Hey man, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be cool this year, right?" Yeah, man. Like, why not? He's like, "Cool, we have a good game." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, dude. Like, why wouldn't we have a good game?" And he's like, "All right." And I'm like, "Hey man, I just want to tell you." <laughs> I was like, "What, dude? What?" Because I was warming up, and you know. Yeah, so I'm focused, dude, in, in the game, you know, and I don't see. Face paint on. Uh, I wish I would have. I look more aggressive too. I look more scarier. But he comes over. He's like, "All right, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you." Um, you see those guys over there? They're telling me that uh, they just want to have a good game and uh, that you, you get, you're, that you get a little crazy. <laughs> I was like, I get crazy. What are you talking about, dude? I'm competitive. Like, I get competitive, dude, and I call people out when they do something they shouldn't be doing. And he's like, uh, yeah, man, but that's the thing. And I was like, what <laughs> do you know, mean? And he's like, just just be cool this year, man. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I am cool. They were like, Who, who's telling you this? And of course, that guy, Freddie. Oh. And him and his little friends. And I'm like, dude, you're going to come over and tell me this when you, you know how this guy is? I was like, you know what, whatever, man. I'm going to play football. That's what we're here for, right? And then... I'm like thinking, of, I didn't even think about it, right? So I go in, play hard, same thing, get some, get in people's faces and, you know, it's competition, you know? And um, I think it was this game, I got into, uh, me and Joe got into it. Joe? Yeah, because we're on, Ooh. yes, because we're on different teams. <laughs> we're on different teams and he was playing the line on offense and well, he can't hold me down. So what he what he started doing, he started holding me, like he would hold my my shirt, and he started holding my arm, and I think there's one play where I tripped. I think I was just trying to jump through the the two guys, and he held my hand. And dude, I was like fingertips away from uh, pulling the flag on the quarterback. He yanks on my wrist, dude, and I end up rolling on the floor and then the quarterback runs around on some kind of sweep and he ends up getting like a first down I get up and he had been doing this already like in this uh, on this drive and I just I lost it dude I I got up and I just turned around and then I just got into Joe's face what is your problem dude no cussing because I know this is our power is already saved and uh, he's another brother too so, but it was a competition, you know, the, I was just like, dude, what the hell is your problem, man? Why are you holding me? If you can't stop me, then don't, then do something else. Don't be holding me. Like, oh, bro, relax, bro. Like, I was like, nah, man, forget that. You've been doing this the whole time, dude. Like, don't be, don't be holding me. The next time you're going to regret it. And then I was just like talking smack. And, and they, dude, I got to a point where like, I was so heated that I felt like if somebody, or oh, it was another friend of, of mine, um, an old friend, and now I only see like for the Turkey Bowl, 
he said that uh, he came and separated us and uh, he told me like dude I thought you were going to kill that guy <laughs> I was like what do you mean because I finally got to calm down and he's like I thought you were going to kill him dude like I've never seen you like that and he, this guy's known me for like 10, 15 years we grew up together on the same street like I've never I looked into your eyes dude and I've never seen you mad like that like I haven't done anything. It's just nothing but talk. Like, nah, dude. I feel like if I wouldn't have stepped in, something else would have happened. <clears throat> so anyway, after the game, we, we stopped playing, and uh, I go up to Joe. Like, hey, dude, I'm sorry, man. You know, just had to apologize to my brother, dude. And you know, I told him like, hey, man, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna get physical with you, but you know, the aggression and the testosterone going, and competitiveness got to me, dude. You know, yeah, and I told him, you were doing some shady stuff that kind of got to me. And I'm not trying to point, you know, point fingers or anything, but I'm just saying that what you did got to me. And that's why I like that. But that I shouldn't have. That reminds me, like, when we started playing basketball recently, right? Oh, the summer, this past summer, yeah, yeah. Start playing at Freedom Park. Freedom Park. That reminds me of the same kind of story. Like, you were cool, you were competitive. Oh, you know? I'm talking about John? And then John gets Oh, paid. that's why I wanted to watch that interview last week. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, John. So hey, it was me. I'm just saying, I was. He, he might have been. He might have been. <laughs> oh, <laughs> am I the guy? I, I, am I the guy? I, I, I didn't know. I don't know what happened. Well, you, know, I, you were there. You saw it. I mean, I was just hitting those trees. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I'm playing the paint. My name is Bennett, and I ain't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the paint. My I'm playing my position, and I start getting all this hack a shack stuff, dude. Yeah. You know, and if you know me playing basketball on the street, I'm not calling no fouls, dude. So you can punch me in the face. I'm not calling no foul because I'm still gonna back up on you and make that score that basket. And that's what it ended up coming down to, you know, like a, it was. At first, it was competition, some aggressive playing, and it just got out of control, man. Yeah, well, that's funny because, like, I, I, I listened to the last podcast. Like, I know me and John have played, we've always been in competition. So, like, that, that's how we get. Like, we get in each other's faces. And, and we used to play at the Boys and Girls Club, and we'd get all scratched up, man, like, just hacking each other. And, like, you know, because back in the day, my. My hezzy, pump fake, bop, 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 up and under, like, unstoppable, like, and John would fall for it every single time. But this was a, I think this was like the third time we I played against John. And he was technically the, not the second biggest guy, because there's some heavier set guys. Yeah, he was the second tallest guy. Yeah. And John is, I don't even think he's a six footer. He's, he's like 5'11. So I got at least three inches on him, but he's like the second tallest guy there. So obviously he's going to guard you. Right. So they're guarding each other. Big guys guard each other. And I'm not running. I'm just hanging out at the bottom in the block in the paint, you know, and just waiting for the ball to get past and just back him up, back him up. And that's how it was all game. I think he finally had it because um, after we got into a little scuffle, because um, that's what we were doing. We were just going for you. Yeah, just, like, by that time, yeah. I was like, mobile pass behind you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we kind of got into it, and you know, he told me like, "What am I supposed to do?" You know, he, he was like, 
you got like 40 pounds on me. I was like, well, you're an easy 200. Like, no, I'm like 170. Like, well, I'm 240, so yeah, I guess I got like 60 pounds on me. <laughs> but it was, he's like, what else am I supposed to do? You keep backing up on me. I'm like, do something else. But yeah, it was at the end. Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't helping. Now so no, they, they weren't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was killing it from the outside. Yeah, but. At the end of the game, it was again. Yeah. You know, Omar used to play one on one. Didn't you play one on one? Yeah, we played a couple times, yeah. Dude, who won those? Was that uh, one? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> those are my options. Nah, I used to be. I used to be. He, yeah. he, he used to. Nah, I can't bother. I I'm just I just back you down, dude. That's it. Well, that's what we do. We we we've done it a couple of times in the mornings. Oh, dude, I'm I'm like one one seventy something, bro. This dude just backing up. I'm like pushing all my weight against him and stuff. I mean, it's, it's still a good workout. Though. Well, for him, it's a good workout because he's pushing against you know weight. <laughs> You know, the best part I get is part of the cardio when I have to chase them to the three-point line. You know, but... I'm dying. Like, anyways, hey, you got to tell them the story about Freddy, though. Freddy? Oh. <laughs> All right, so you got to create the scenario. We are we out there. Turkey Bowl. This is Turkey Bowl. Turkey Bowl, right? Part two, part three. No, this is maybe like I a season only, or a I think two. I only went one time, did I? No, I think you went twice. Dude. Yeah. But I think okay. it was his first first time out there. Oh, that's hilarious. So anyway, I don't know how many guys show up there. Like, it's like, like 40, 40, 40 guys show up. Yeah. So it's like they, they, they it's a tournament. Like yeah. 14, so, you know what they do? They do team captain yeah. stuff. So, everyone, there's a lot of testosterone right there. Everyone's trying to look at right. stuff, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then <laughs> you always have the ones when the, the captain that you don't want to be on the team, you hide behind the other guy, yeah. behind his little tiny oh, tree. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be on the other So, so. There's like, like it's like 99% Hispanic for the most part. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe one or two other guys. One guys, yeah. So, but there's one black guy. Uh, you go for and, athleticism and, right yeah, away. And, and he would be, he's looking like Julio Jones in his prime, yeah. bro, right? <laughs> so, so this is like 5'8", Julio Jones. Uh, he's a little guy. <laughs> but, but he's looking, he's, he's yeah, looking man. like, like, you know, like keep the ball. So go ahead. That's the context of this. So this guy, he's uh, so it, it comes up to it's basically his first pick, and <laughs> I don't even know if he's like, he if he just happens to be like this, like politically correct. <laughs> so he's like looking, I, I kind of already knew he was gonna pick that guy. Like we all felt it, you know. So he's looking, he made eye contact, he's just like he's doing one of these, like pretending he's gonna scan another guys, and he's like. And this guy, Freddie, I'm talking about. Like, you know, as soon as he got out of the car, he... Yeah, he's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. So this guy, Freddie, he's uh, the black guy standing right behind Freddie. So he's looking at like, his turn. He's like, all right, I'm going to go with the guy behind Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> and we all look. So all of us look. Good. I was like, you mean the black guy? <laughs> Everyone starts rolling. <laughs> he didn't want to say the black guy, bro. Just... <laughs> I was like, "Come on, man!" That was like the highlight of that Thursday. Night, it was, it was just, it was comedy. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay to say the black guy, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to, to stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nah, but he, that guy played really good too. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. Yeah, that was from uh, the time that we we played. Yeah. So back because we're so, um, after high school, you went to college, right? Uh, I went to a tech school, yeah. Oh, a tech school. That's okay. how I ended up in Ontario. For, for what? What's uh, it was uh, graphic design. Okay. So, so you had like a, like a passion for that? I did in high school because I got, um, I took a class my junior year and my senior year. It was a ROP class. I don't even know if they offer those anymore. But, um, yeah, I had to go and I got introduced to Photoshop and it looked fun and then um, I got to see what I can do and this was like early Photoshop where you had to do a lot of work dude like to get rid of the background yeah. now you could just do it on your phone when you just tap it yeah, yeah not nah, this back then you had to like go over there and like mask it out and yeah yep every pixel uh, but yeah, it was fun um, I had a lot of creativity back in high school I guess I had more had a lot of art uh, on my side back in high school how was your relationship probably started? How was childhood? How was your parents and family? Um, you have, what, two sisters? I have two younger sisters, two yeah. Sisters and are you the only boy? I'm the oldest, okay. an only boy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so we grew up in uh, Coachella, over on uh, Bike 2, PCR. Oh, nice. <laughs> I grew up in, uh, at least during my time. Here, yeah, I just, I just saw it with my hands, dude. I <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I grew up in that in that area where Technico would be VCR, which is like one of the big uh, gangs back then. I don't even know what it's like now, but 52 was like the high, like the uh, I guess like the high with the most uh, activity for gang activity, active for gang activity. And uh, yeah, I grew up around that. I had cousins that were from I don't, I don't know if you guys aren't from Coachella, but there's another gang. Uh, further up 52 past the, the highway it was called VNC they call it Latin level and those my cousins were like hot dogs like, there were somebody in the gang and um, so anyway I grew up in that in that um, area in my sophomore year in high school uh, I started hanging out with the Cholos at school and then I started figuring out who was a real gangster and who wasn't some were just there just to be there and I thought that's what I wanted to be so I started hanging out with the real ones and they started like trying to get me to go with them outside of school. And I was like, nah, really, I'm not trying to hang out with you guys outside of school. You know, I want to go play basketball, I want to play video games. Yeah. You know, I want to be with my real friends. And um, uh, anyway, so my sophomore year, I, started, I was hanging out with these guys. So I get influenced and uh, I noticed that my, I realized that my, uh, one of my younger sisters, the older one, was coming into high school, my junior, she was going to be a freshman, and I was like, do you want, I got to step away, because that's not the type of people I want my uh, sister around, so I just did a complete 180, and this is back in uh, 99-2000, dude, so this was, I went from looking, dressing, and hanging out with cholos to... The pants, no, I didn't, I had more jeans. I didn't do the, I didn't do the khakis. I had no Ben Davis suits or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, did you my pants? pants? Oh, the pants was, yeah, definite. The big baggy pants. Yeah, Cortez? or you, when you were, no, no Cortez. No, nah, I had the, some Reeboks. Covered. The Reeboks. 
And uh, I remember going from that to basically idolizing LL Cool J and Cash Money and uh, Genuine. These were like the guys. No good, man. Back on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was saying that uh, basically, like Jose said, I transitioned from being a cholo to freaking just hip hop and R and B guy, you know. So and then that, but at that time, no one dressed like that. So what I the way I would dress was basically, if, if you remember LL Cool J with the Fubu and all that back in oh, what was it, 99, 2000, 2001. I was big in hip hop, but it wasn't big in CV because it's full of Mexicans. You know, you get everyone looking like paisas and cholos, you know, and that's pretty much it. You know, so when I came in with this new style, I'm not trying to claim any like, I'm not trying to claim I started the trend or anything, but, but no, I did. And no one, <laughs> no one dressed like that, dude. So, uh, you know, I, I walked in with the denim suit, you know, the denim jacket and the jeans looking like DMX. You know, these were like my high school heroes, and uh, Nelly. yeah, Nelly. I did even did the the, band, the bandage, the bandanas, bandanas on a, the freaking size eight hat, so you can fit it with. You. <laughs> dude, I did all of that, dude. I'm not lie. Like, if you look at a Cash Money or a Nelly video, just picture me in that clothes, dude. And yeah, man. Yeah, dude. And then I had, uh, I remember I had the uh, a chain. Back then, they never sold chains longer than like 16 inches or 18 inches. So, I mean, I can't afford no JCPenney prices. So I went to the swap meet and I just connected two chains and gave me like a 30 inch. And I had the little cash money pennant on it. So, nah, nah, not the cash money one. And then I had like, I would walk around with my two watches. But then at this time, I, was, I, had, a, I had a job. So I was able to afford all this on my own. So, yeah, I acted. Just like them, dude. Yeah, and then uh, the. A man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you transition, bro? Like, what? Oh, uh, because my sister, she was. So I was a sophomore hanging out with these. Uh, with the bad crowd, the Cholos. And then uh, my sister, she was coming into high school with me. And I wanted to be a good influence to her. I didn't want her to be hanging out with these, these guys because they're a bunch of losers and, you know, troublemakers. Especially the girls that they hang out with are even worse. But um, that's what made me change uh, because I didn't want my sister to be around these people because I know she's going to be like, looking for me and hanging out with me. And um, yeah, man, so I basically ended up doing it for my sister. And I'm glad I did it because at that point I had a best friend in high school who ended up staying with that kind of crowd. And he basically ended up, like 10 years later after high school, he ended up in prison. And um, in high school, I just went my way. And uh, I got a lot of hate from those guys because they remember, you know, me hanging out with them. And I got a lot of like racist remarks with it. The first one, well, there's this one guy who would always, every time he would see me, he was like, brown pride, I say brown pride. I'm like, All right. You know, and I walk in with my big old puffy, you know, New York jacket, <laughs> you know, throw my hood, the big old shirt. and the, Pants and uh, hey, we should do that instead of all seated up. We should get back the 2000s, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, yeah, and these guys were just straight hating and, um, like just you know, 
I guess they're trying to claim that I was trying to be black. I was like, nah, man, I'm just trying to bring some style into the school. And that was basically my junior and senior year. And by senior year, I was cool with everyone. But also, I was one thing I do regret um, through high school and pretty much all my life. I was a bully. Um, I was a big bully, dude. But the thing is, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't just bully little little ones, like the, the small guys. I would also bully, like, the big ones. And I would bully bullies. So, I don't know. I just thought it was a fair trade. You know, like, hey, you know, like, me. You didn't discriminate. Anybody. I didn't discriminate, nah. Exactly. So, I would, like, bully a little guy, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I would go to a big guy. And I'm like, okay, I kind of offsets, you know. And then I see a bully bullying some kid. And like, hey, man, don't bully him. That's like, that's, that's my guy, dude. Like, <laughs> you need to walk away. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, man. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much like the last couple of years of high school. And basically, I don't know. I just felt like my senior year was uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know, like a, not a protector because I had some uh, kids, friends from the neighborhood who came into high school. And they're like freshman, sophomore. And I just told them, like, hey, man, anyone messes with you, let me know. You know, no one's going to touch with me. And at this point, I was just, I guess, trying to, like, right my wrongs. So, like, whoever I mess with, I just, you know, looked out for them. You know, and if I saw a bully bullying them, then I'll go you know, bully their bully. And just tell them, like, hey, man, just don't mess with you guys, dude. So, but yeah, just, there was some good in me in high school. So you went to school and how about like, during that period, like your 20s? Oh, man. That's about that. my 20s. Um, actually, how old are you right now? I'm 38. So my 20s, I didn't have a lot going on in my 20s because when I graduated um, from high school, I went to that school in Ontario, and that was about, last about a good year and a half. So I came back to the Valley I want to say uh, about 19. About 18, I was already, I had to come back to work here because I couldn't find any work out there to maintain my, uh, my or my rent. So I had to come back. So I would commute. Um, first, it was weekly. I would stay at a crappy motel, like basically a crack motel. And uh, come back at the end of the week, work the weekend, then go back up Monday morning. And then eventually, I just got tired of that. So I just do a daily commute. And uh, I was working out in Sears when I used to be in Indio. I was doing loss prevention, basically undercover security. And I got, I met one of my coworkers who's also loss prevention. And I want to say like, this is when I got introduced to the world. And since he was 24, I was 18, 19. And uh, he started giving me a taste of what the world was like. You know, that's when I started to uh, party, started to learn uh, how to drink. Um, what to drink. I remember uh, getting started with like Bacardi Silver. I guess it was a, girl, a girl's drink back then. What? Oh, I guess. I don't know. Man. <laughs> That's how I got started, dude. And Nobody told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so because they offered me a beer, I'm like, nah, man, I'll go for the Bacardi Silver. <laughs> I go for the sweet stuff. Because <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't stand the taste of beer back then, you know, but eventually I just... Ended up going from a Bacardi Silver to Coronas. I couldn't stand any Bud beers at all. Um, but I basically went from that to 
vodka, dude. Vodka was like my go-to. So um, every time we would go to a house party, I would show up with a bottle of Grey Goose. And I learned that you show up with the good liquor, you attract the girls. Yeah. And that's how you would uh, attract the girls. And um, and then we would always party at this, um, do house parties at this one house in Coachella. I mean, Indio, which was down the street from our newer house because we ended up moving after I graduated from uh, 52 to 48, which is basically borderline Indio. And uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I had a lot of, par- I went to a lot of parties, drank a lot, a lot of ha- um, hangovers. And I got to see a lot at those parties, dude. Um, like there was uh, this one guy who was friends with my coworker. And that's the only way I guess there's like peace between the two of us because he had a problem with me for some reason and his girlfriend (laughs) so his his girlfriend had had or his girlfriend at the time had had a sister who I started dating and for some reason this guy didn't like me and um, but we would always go party at the same house and then uh, one day I show up and this guy opens the door by the time he's already he's already drunk and I show up like at nine, nine o'clock, which is I guess technically early for a house party. And um, he's like, What's up man, what do you want? Like, Step aside, man, let me in. And he's like, nah, and he starts cussing me out, I'm like, F you, I don't even like you. I'm like, I don't like you either. <laughs> you know, just get out the way, man. And he's like, nah, it's my homie's house. He's like, alright, it's your homie's house, not your house, move. He's like, you know what? F you. Pull out his little twenty-five caliber gun puts it to my face like, for real dude you're gonna pull out a gun and why you, you have a follow me you want to fight me or what I'm like nah i can shoot you right now if i want to like, do it then <laughs> yeah <dude. laughs> i was like if you're gonna shoot me you would have shot me already man and he's like ah, f you man you get, get the out of here and then my co-worker happened to be there at the house already and um and he basically put his hand down. He, he was in the house, so he came around. He came to the door, put that guy's hand down. He's like, hey, man, put that stuff away. Like, he's cool. He's, he's my homie. He's like, oh, he's your homie, dog? Because you can tell he's drunk, dude. So he's like, oh, he's your homie? All right, he's cool. And then I was just like, okay, <laughs> you're just going to switch it up like that? And he already knows you. He already knows me, yeah. So that's why I was like, I was, it pissed me off even more. That he like just switched it up like that, and he's like, "Hey man, come inside." Like, nah, I'm out. Like, I'm not gonna be here for this man, cause if I stay here, something's gonna happen, dude. I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna crack a bottle over his head, and all his friends are at this house, so I'll probably get jumped, and I'll probably end up dead anyway. So, uh, we're at the hospital. So I just left for the night, and uh, I don't think I ever went back to that house. But I remember uh, one of the a house, uh, one of those house parties, cops showed up. And um, one of the one of the guys from that crew, oh guys, um, they, everyone's drunk at this at the house party, and the cops showed up, kicking everyone out. And it's dark. The only light that's on is from the cops that are flashing their flashlights. And I'm in the in the living room, and I'm watching everyone walk out. Cause I'm just gonna wait for everyone to walk out. Um, and I see the one of the, these guys. They pull one of the girls into the bathroom and I'm just like oh shoot what's happening dude like there's no way this is happening right now as everyone's leaving with the cops out front there's uh he pulls a girl to the bathroom and 
um, the girls are trying to get into the door and one of the friends like pushed him away and I'm like, hey, should I go over there? And it's part of the same crew of the other guy, the, the guy that I had an issue with. And um, I, I think he just basically pulled her in there and raped her. And um, ever since this day, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's just guilt because that girl was out of it and I think she was underage and I don't know it just it eats me up every time because I could have gone I could have gone in there myself but then I thought yeah well that's that's why because I was like I could do the get in a fight with these guys trying to get this girl out or I can just go straight to the cops and be like hey there's someone in there and but I couldn't get out because um there's uh, there's like at least 100 people at this house too so everyone's trying to walk out the front door what do you mean? <laughs> what, you had like a birthday party with 15 people or what? <laughs> oh, no, nah, man. So, yeah, all this was happening um, like my when I was 18, 19. And I, um, so I did a lot of my partying days then. And then as soon as I hit 21, I started uh, going to the clubs. And that's, that's all I wanted to do is just go to the club and dance. And I had this coworker of mine. She would, we would always go with our co, my other coworker. And I think I was at that at Sears for like two and a half years. So I reached once. We would go to the club. We would go to Zelda's, and um, we would go over there, drink, dance, and that's all I really wanted to do. You know, because I think I could uh, go back on that genuine phase I had in high school. You know, it's just <laughs> so. Yeah, man, I would I would go dancing. It wasn't like no one two step. Dude. It was like you know, hips moving, body, you know, the whole thing, dude. You know, it's like who is this guy, man? This is like the only guy that's dancing the like that. <laughs> Icebox. You know, just sliding across the dance floor, and <laughs> you know, like I was all into the music and just straight into dancing, dude. I was not trying to go to Zelda's to hook up with anyone. I just wanted to drink and dance. And this girl who was our coworker, she was my dance partner. And that's all it was, dude. And um, we would always show up together. And this guy, our other friend, would um, show up because he's trying to pull girls. And this girl wants to go dancing. So do I. And that's all it was. It was just straight dancing at the club. And then uh, one night, <clears throat> I ended up running into uh, a girl that I took to, uh, what was it, homecoming or something like that in high school. And then I'd have my phone on me. And this back then when well, smartphones didn't exist and my flip phone was in the car. For some reason, I left it in the car and she was giving me her number. And dude, I'm like tipsy, dude. Like, I'm not going to remember her phone number. Oh, okay. And I couldn't remember her phone number. Oh, I got to the car and I started like putting it in to save the contact. I couldn't remember the number. So I was like, oh, well, I guess it's not going to work out. <laughs> And then um, until like five months later, I think we ran into uh, to get into each other again, party, a house party. And this time we were able to exchange phone numbers. And I kind of ignored her because I was dating someone else at the time. And but I was still talking to her, and it just didn't work out with her. And um, so me and, this, and the girl I was dating didn't work out, whatever. And then. I stopped partying, I'll say about 
like around the same age, 21. I think it was like right after I turned 21. Um, because I had gone to the doctors because uh, I wasn't feeling well. So I went for a routine checkup. And they're telling me, like, hey, you need to come back and test again. I'm like, all right. I go back and then, uh, hey, your, your um, labs are out of whack. Like, are you feeling okay? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm fine. You know, and they're telling me, like, well, this is out of, out of whack. Like, cholesterol, triglycerides, your WBCs, and, you know, just crazy numbers. And they said, well, we need to send you to a specialist. I'm like, all right. And then the specialist ended up being a nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor. And then um, the doctor tells me, like, hey, um, you have a chronic kidney disease. Uh, I work in medical field now. I didn't, I didn't, didn't back then. It was our retail. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought it was probably right here by next to my heart or something. But I had no idea about what he was, what he was talking about. And he's giving me all this, like, medical terminology. I go, so what does it mean? Like, what are you telling me? Like, well, you have a, you have a disease that's affecting your kidneys. It's chronic, meaning it's long-term. Like, okay. And he's like, well, your kidneys are shutting down. It's an autoimmune disease. So basically your body is attacking your kidneys and your kidneys are gonna basically stop working. So I need to take this medication to uh, prolong the life of your kidney to delay kidney failure. I was like, all right. But what happens when they stop working? Or are you gonna have to go on dialysis? What is that? And it's basically pulling all your blood um, from your body, filtering, going through an artificial filter, putting it back in your, in your body because the kidneys can't filter the blood anymore. Yeah, they filter out, there's a filtration system for your blood. And I was like, okay. And he says, well, how long is that gonna be for? Forever until you die unless you get a kidney transplant. All right, well, how can I get a kidney transplant? Is there a donation or off the list? But it has to be a match. I was like, all right, well, that sucks. And um, I end up going home, trying to thinking about all this, and I get really depressed right away. And um, so I end up, uh, this one, Facebook just, no, Facebook, MySpace. Yeah, this is back like, oh, six. It was probably family <laughs> <laughs> and probably whatever girl I was dating. Video, yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, I had my sister make me a profile, and uh, like I said, I was just like mentally sick as far as like the stuff that would project, and and I told her like, because you know you had to you could be able to put like a quote or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then um, so I would say that I'm dying from kidney. And she's like, what? Why the hell you want that? Like, just put it out there. Like, All right. And then I want to say about a month later, I get a, uh, the, uh, a message. And I pull it up, and it's the girl that I took to the dance in high school that I've been trying to get with twice. And it sounds, for some reason, didn't work out. But now we're able to stay in contact. So she hit me up and started asking me, like, are you really, you know, dying from kidney disease? Or are you just saying? So we got in a conversation about it, how it happened. And then uh, we started dating. About five months later, we ended up getting married. Because during those five months, I was going through the actual, like, kidney failure process. So what I was feeling was, um, my kidney shutting down. And it felt like 
like a million needles just going into my back and it was just kind of like uh, just shut me down for the day dude and there were some times where it was just like like tremendous pain <clears throat> i was at home and i couldn't stand it dude so i was just like i would got it got to the point where i would cry because it hurt so bad and uh so all this was happening and then um I told her about my situation, like, hey, you know, I'm not doing so well, so, you know, are you really trying to get married? She's like, yeah, I know what you're going through, we love each other. And again, it was five months, so we ended up getting married. We, um, so that was, basically I was done by 21, partying and all that, and I wanted to experience life, and I rushed it. Like I wanted to rush into it based on what the doctor had told me. So I wanted to experience um, at least marriage. So that's why I kind of pushed to get married. And uh, we got married and during, we were married for five years. And during those five years, like say the first year was good. After that, it just got really bad. It was a lot of disrespect, fighting, um, cheating on her part and um, that basically that's what led to the end of our marriage and um, that she was going so it was I would work after dialysis I would get to work and then um, she was going to school and working and at time there was this period where I tried doing dialysis from home and it's like a, only two hour sessions that's the most you can do but it's like five days a week but I needed someone to hook me up and I couldn't do it myself because it just freaked me out putting it was the the size of the needles that would go into my arm would be like, just imagine like a, like a lead pencil, or what they call mechanical pencils now. Okay, the thickness of that pencil, that's the thickness of the, of the needle that would go into my arm. And the, the holes on my arm, those were like basically raw wounds every time it went in. So I never had a chance to heal because how often I had to go in there. So, um, yeah, man, we went through that, and I guess it was stressful for her. So she started seeing, seeing it like where she was doing a lot more in a relationship than I was, and that led to a lot of problems. And uh, I figured, all right, we're not gonna have any kids, so that, you know, I'm not gonna be good to see have any kids. So that's why I didn't want to have any kids. I, wanna be, I didn't want to leave any kids behind without a dad. That was my reason for not having kids. And uh, I was gonna say. Uh, Oh, I had a, a nurse come by because he was doing home health. A nurse came by, and that's when it really hit me. And uh, he came by within that uh, second year. We were married, and uh, he told me, like, hey, I'm here to talk to you about your condition and what we need to do. Uh, just to let you know, uh, someone in your position, you know, you're young, so you can last longer, but the average lifespan on dialysis is 10 years. Man, 10 years? I think I was, like, 22 at the time. I'm not even here to see 40. That means I probably won't have any kids. Lucky enough, I already got married. I'm like, well, that sucks. And then he's like, yeah, it does. So we need to do the most we can. You know, but he was, it wasn't like as nice as I just said it. It was like, and he was Filipino, so there was a, a language barrier. You know, so it's just like, yeah. yeah. So already with the language barrier, it's like, it sounds rude, but they're not trying to be rude. So I was like, you know what? So he's like, you're gonna die in 10 years. And I was like, <laughs> that's rough. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're gonna die. I was like, 
you know what, just go, man. Like, I, he's like, well, I need, we need to cover more. Like, no, I don't need your help. Like, you just need to go. And that's when I sat down and I started thinking about it. I'm going to be done. That must have been a lot of process. Huh? It was, dude. It was. There was a major depression when I was on dialysis. And, you know, people would try to reach out to me and I'll just give them, like, one-word answers. They'd be like, how you been? How you doing? What you been up to? Fine. Good. Thanks. That was literally the conversation. I'm not trying to talk to anybody. And uh, the case manager was like, would always come in. Once a month, she would tell me, like, oh, you know, how are you feeling? All right. Like, well, how are you, have you thought about going back to school? I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to go back to school. It's stupid. Like, why am I going to go to school if I'm going to die? And like, I was just, like, in a bad place. It was dark. You know, it was just depression, angry. And every time I would walk in, I'm only, I'm the only 20. At this point, when I'm on dialysis, I just turned 23. So when I walk in... You see 70, 80-year-old people getting dialyzed, and I'm the only person that's this young. So I was mad, dude. I was like, why, God? Like, why Why am I going through this? And, you know, why am I fading out like this? You know, and it's not fair that all these people have lived their lives, you know? I haven't even started to, live, to begin mine. And I was really mad at God um, during that time. And... Um, Yeah, man, it was a dark, dark place. And I, anyway, we ended up uh, ex-wife and I got divorced and had some issues after that. And I ended up meeting your sister, and uh, that was that was a great experience. Getting to know your sister, it was it was I was able to appreciate what it's like to um, meet someone and get to know them after my last relationship. So um, at this point, I'm 27. So that's already most of my 20s. So like I didn't get to live my 20s like any other people, like other people would, you know, or at least some of the single people. Because I've, I've seen people get married with kids and stuff. But keep going, keep going. Yeah, 27, I'm married. No, I... Uh, I got divorced and met Alma, my wife now, which is uh, Jose's sister. And I uh, I hit her up on Facebook. Because <laughs> at that time, it was hard to get back in the game, dude. You went from MySpace to Facebook? To Facebook. Yeah, dude. Meta. Now it's Meta. So it was, but at that time, it took a while because it wasn't like right after. Yeah. I think it took me at least a year at least a year to get to learn to get yeah out of the funk and then getting the confidence to go back out there yeah. and then at that time i was dude, i was a mess dude I, I needed basically i started hanging out with my cousin who's like eight years younger than me and i started hanging out with his friends so i'll say six i want to say six or seven maybe around there but anyway uh, i uh it took me a while and i started developing my confidence again and um, so I hit her up on Facebook and she responded, but it was, she wasn't the only one. I was, you know, just sending out messages to a bunch of different girls. And I mean, there are some other ones that responded, but me and her, uh, started having a conversation through Facebook. And, um, I say about a month, we were going back and forth 
and dude, I, I would look at her picture while we're having this conversation and um, I can just like try to imagine a conversation with her in person and I told, I told her uh, afterwards after I told her I, that I loved her like you know I was kind of in love with you already before I met you she's like what do you mean that's weird like well I don't know like I really liked how you look in your pictures and based off your com- our conversations you know it's just I don't know I just put them together and you know, it was just my crazy mind you know and I asked her, how, how would you have felt if I would have told you that when we just met? Like, I probably would have like, not talked to you anymore. <laughs> I thought you were probably some psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Block. Um, but after a month, um, we're talking on uh, Facebook, and then we decided to uh, talk on the phone. So she sent me her phone number. We talked twice, and then we decided to meet in person. And, of course, me, who is always late, it's just I just been late to everything my whole life, dude. We decided to meet up on a Thursday night. <laughs> I should, I uh, we decided to meet in October, and I have a good memory for a lot of things. So this was in uh, 2011, October 27th. We decided on a Thursday night to meet up at seven o'clock at Burgers and Beer in Rancho Rancho Mirage, and this is all in the valley. And um, we um, decided at seven, and I'm just finishing getting ready at seven. So I now live in Indio, right off the freeway though. So I can get to the freeway in one minute, and I can get from the freeway to where was it? Uh, Monterey. I said I know for ten in ten minutes, like or minimum or less. And uh, so I, I text her like, hey. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little late, and it's already um, like 10 after. I'm getting off the freeway, and I pull up and I basically run in, and it's already 7:15. And during our conversations, because I like to uh, joke around a lot, I told her that I was five foot four and a half, and she's like, "Really? You're really that short?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah. Is that gonna be an issue?" And she's like. Nah, it's cool. I was like, all right. But this whole time, I forgot to mention that uh, during our conversations, every time I would tell her, like, we should meet up, you know, let's go out for coffee or for some drinks or whatever. Um, She's like, but as friends, though, right? I was like, no, not friends. She's like, yeah, as friends. Like, no. And one time I actually invited her to Disneyland. She's like, let's go to Disneyland. She's like, you're crazy. I don't even know you. You're trying to take me to Disneyland? Like, who else? you know he's gonna try to take you to Disneyland yeah, yeah. like how are you gonna skip on the trip to Disneyland he's like but as friends like no not friends like I'm, I'm I told her I'm not trying to have you put me in the friend zone like I, I like you I want you to know that I like you and I want to get to know you more you know I'm not gonna try to like you know be put in the zone friend zone right away so she knew I had you know interest in her and we end up meeting at a at a burgers and beer and she's expecting, oh, I, I said that, um, I told her that I was five foot four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so she's expecting the short guy to show up. And I walk in, I'm, I can see her through the window. And I'm walking in, and she turns around and she's like, looking at me. Hey, how you doing? Like, I thought you were going to be a lot shorter. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm not. So I think that was a big plus, setting it up like that. 
you know. So, you know, we end up having a conversation that night. Um, all the way up until closing time, they had to kick us out and another hour at her car. And um, I think, I'm pretty sure I told her, or if not, she'll find out through this podcast, <laughs> that 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 week I was I was invited to two Halloween parties and there were other girls that, I guess I was juggling at the time. <laughs> but she knows there's, there's a number. Uh, there's multiple girls, not just those, but uh, like I said, it was, it took a while for me to get in the, back in the game. <laughs> so I got back in the game, you know, and but I just wanted to let her know when I told her, like, hey, this is how special you are to me because all these other girls, and like, you know it's true. <laughs> um, I told her, like, I dropped all these girls because, you know, you're my main focus. I just want to talk to you now. So um, I told her, like, you know, it's just you and me now. And, you know, we just basically started that that um, that period where I started to get to know her, you know, talking to her. And we'd always hang out um, in front of her parents' house in my car. And I think she was shocked the first time we went out on a date. I went and knocked on the door. And I told her, like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go to your house now. I'm on my way. And she's like, cool. Let me know when you're here. I'm like, all right. I show up, I pull up, you know, I walk to the door, I knock, and I take it. She wasn't ready because she wasn't in the house or in the main part of the house. I knock, and then uh, your sister Lisa opens the door, and everyone's standing there, dude. I think it was both your parents, Lisa, Monica, Ceci. I don't even know if you were there. You might have been out. Uh, she was in the room. Oh, and then Jeremiah was there. And, like, I'm, I think maybe... Maybe Bernice, because I remember seeing more kids. There might have been uh, Mercy and Grace. So, like, almost the whole family was there, dude. And um, so they're all shocked. There's a guy at the door. You know, I go, is Alma here? And then Lisa just has this big old smile. She's like, yeah, she's here. Uh, let me go get her. <laughs> and then they had me wait outside, and which is cool. And uh, I was waiting there outside. Okay, that was weird. The whole family got to see me, you know, before I even, you know, then she can get a chance to introduce me. She comes out, it's like, well, you should have told me when you were here. I'm here. Like, I knocked on the door. I, wish, I thought you were going to text me. Like, ah, that's weird. Well, I'm, I guess I'm old school like that. And I'll meet you at your door. And, you know, so we dated for uh, about a good year. A good year and a half, actually. And... I you know, just fell in love with her, and right um, before we got married, we went through this <laughs> period where it was about a month or a month and a half. It was kind of rough because my ex-wife came back into the picture, and she hits me up with, hey, um, I'm no longer going to be working where I'm at, and I'm not going to have benefits, so I need you to put me on your benefits. I was like, what? You need me to put you on my benefits? And she's like, yeah. Just like that, dude. You know, just out of the blue, comes hits me up like that. Why? Not because I had you on mine the whole time when we were split up. Now, particularly we're still married. And that was her reason. Like, if it wasn't for me, you you know, you probably wouldn't be alive because of insurance. And uh, yeah, so I was like, I guess you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I thought about it, 
And I was like, you know what? I can't do that because you're not independent. Uh, we're no longer married. You're not my wife. Even if I wanted to do it, I can't. So, well, yeah, about that. I never signed the paperwork and I never turned it in. So technically we're still married. I was like, what? It's been like almost two years and we're still married? She's like, yeah, so you can you can put me on your benefits. And I was like, no, no, we can't do that. And it's like, and then and then she came out with, she started going a guilt trip where she was like, hey, I had your, I took care of your mom when she was sick. You know, you need to do this for me because I did this for you. Okay. Women are great at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I gave me that guilt trip and I thought about it over the weekend. As I was thinking about it, I had told. Wait, I meant somewhere. Somewhere, not all. Not all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I tell Alma, I tell her, like, hey, uh, this is going on. And, you know, I'm considering doing it because of what she did for me in the past. And we're dating, you know, and uh, I don't say we're boyfriend and girlfriend. But she ends up telling me, like, hey, you know what? If that's what you want to do, you know, go for it. They're like, yeah, but I can't be with a married man. I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm not married. She's like, well, technically you are, but I don't want to be married to her. She's like, well, you're still married on paper. I'm like, but I didn't even know that. Like, that's not my fault. And she's like, it's cool. I'm like, just go ahead and handle handle that. And then, you know, basically hit me up when you're done with it. And I was like, what the heck? So what's going on? breaking up with you because I can't be with a married man like what the heck dude this is messed up and then I started yeah man. and I'm I go back to God I'm like why would you do this to me man you know and um, it wasn't the first time where he's like intervening in my life with a girl because there's two other times where he tried calling me you know through whoever I was talking to and it was always like, hey, do you want to go to my church? Like, nah, we're good. And I'm also going to stop talking to you because I don't believe in God and I don't do church. And um, the second time. Um, but yeah, God has been trying to reach out to me uh, since I was young and uh and it's always and then he really tried getting me through when i was talking to a girl and um this girl tried she was christian and she tried inviting me to a youth group i was like she was asking me you want to come out and hang out with me and my friends and i was like sure so it's on thursday thursday okay but, but it, it's gonna be at uh at church oh yeah no i can't go there no why not yeah i don't, I don't go to church I don't, I don't do anything that has to do with God. And uh, she's like, I already knew how you felt about it because you mentioned it before, but it's just going to be hanging out with me and my friends. I was like, no, I feel like you're going to try to like get me to go to your church to, with you, and I don't want to get involved on that. So as soon as she invited me, I just stopped talking to her. So I stopped, and it was always basic. I, as an adult now, saved, I said, I just was trying. 
get away from God the whole time. It's not because other girl, specifically her, but it was because God was reaching out to me. And uh, so this time around with Alma, um, I get I get all this stuff done, right? So she broke up with me because I was married and I realized how dumb I was for trying to consider putting my ex-wife on my benefits. I told her no, made her sign the paperwork, send it in, give me a copy. That way I know we're divorced. This, she was able to get all that done like in a week. So I show up with the two of them. I'm like, look, paper, you know, wagging it. And like, hey, look, I'm divorced. I'm a single man. And she's like, all right. And she was still mad at me for, you know, considering what I was doing. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, but, and, you know, how dare I say this? But I'm like, you're just my girlfriend. She's my ex-wife. There's a lot more there. And not that I was trying to like belittle her, but I was to want her to like realize that I had gone through a lot, you know, and uh, it's not like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, you know, it's a actual marriage, you know, so there's some weight on her and on my ex-wife and, but then I, when I, when I said that, I was like, I, then I just like how much I cared for her, how little I cared for, for Alma at the time. But when I lost her, you know, I was like, dude, like, I, I can't, can't lose her. Like, I, I want her and I need her in my life. So I pushed through all that and I went back to her and, you know, we worked out our issues and, um, I don't know, I say a couple months after that, she hits me up like, hey, we need to talk. The text, <laughs> we need to talk. I was like, what did I do? Man? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm trying to go back, okay, I've been hanging out with my friends. I've been good, you know, what is going on? And we meet up at a start at the Starbucks off Monterey and she sits me down and she says, okay, um, wanna let you know that I've been going to, back to church with my parents. I was like, yeah, I know that. <clears throat> and I just wanna let you know, and like, in my mind I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Again, really, and she's like, I'm going to rededicate my life to God. I was like, oh, serious? And I was, in my mind, I was like, why, God, why? Like, you always do this to me. And I told her, like, all right, that's cool, you know? Like, that's what you want to do, do it. You know, whatever you, you know, I was just throwing some BS, like, whatever is in your heart, follow your heart, whatever. And she's just telling me, like, I know how you feel about God and church and all that, but um, I just want to let you know what I'm going to do. And I go, okay. And I felt it already. So like, well, that means that we can no longer date. I go, what do you mean? Why not? You know, she started explaining the rules. No, not the rules, but just standards. Again, I'm thinking, God, like, you are ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that. He's he, does that. You, yeah. he, he knows how to do it. Too. Or yeah. was it good? Yeah. yeah. You don't understand it all the time. No, I didn't at the time. And I had it so good, you know. And um, 
yeah dude so i told her like this this doesn't i thought this doesn't seem right like i think that uh we should still take together still <clears throat> stay together you know um and you can do your your church thing and she's like no um no i'm putting my foot down i'm like i told her i'm gonna she told me i'm gonna continue with this uh i know how you feel that's why i'm sitting down to tell you uh, to let you know that I'm going to rededicate my life to God. And if you want to uh, continue having a relationship with me, you can join me, you know, uh, at church. Uh, but I pretty much, I, I think I know the answer already from what you told me. And I was thinking, like, I was sitting there for like five minutes, in complete silence. I was like, you know what? In my mind, I was like, okay, if I still want to continue this, I will guess I'll go along with it. So I was like, no, it's cool. Like, you did do she, your thing. I'm sorry, before you move forward, did she tell you, like, what was the reason? Like, like what happened in her life that caused her to do that? I think it was, um, there might have been, like, uh, well, she, she told me she was going to church with her parents, and I think she might have had, you know, so, uh, yeah. And it just kind of checked her whole life, you know, put it in perspective. Huh? So I was just, I was just bummed out, dude. I was bummed out that God was calling me again and ruining my life because I had, you know, a great girl and, you know, I thought it's pulling me towards him. And like I said, he's always been trying to call me. It's always been to a girl. And, you know, so I end up, I end up uh, continuing to date her and she would take me to Sunday service with the parents. And there was this one, uh, one morning well, I was at the oh, so it was the church we went to was the bridge, Cat City, and um, so they would sit on the right side by the screen, by the wall on the edge, and um, so I would end up being like the fourth guy in to the seat, so kind of almost in the middle. There's this one one service while standing there and listening, and I think uh, the worship just started, you know, was going, and it might have been like the song itself. But it um, started hitting, you know. Like I started getting emotional, and I was like wiping my face, like trying to make it obvious. I was just like, <laughs> like one of these looking away and just wiping it. And then, yeah, I was like, what is this salty discharge? <laughs> and uh, for real, <laughs> can't breathe. And then I told her like, hey, excuse me, I, I gotta go to uh, the restroom. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And I was looking down in a way. I was um, walking in front of her and your parents. And um, I can hear I can hear your mom asking her, like, is he okay? She's like, yeah, he's fine. But I looked back when I heard that, she was smiling. Because I think she knew what was happening. Oh, yeah. He's not here. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to get caught up in this. So I went to the bathroom, washed my face, looked at myself. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, clean myself up. Okay, you don't look like you're crying. And you know, you need to man up, dude. Man up. So I'll go back in there. And she's like, you okay? Like, I'm good. I'm good. And then, um, anyway, so we went to a few services. And it. <laughs> I remember listening to uh, Chris McPike, dude. She took me to a Sunday night service. And Chris McPike was teaching. And uh, he started talking about, I think it was Revelation. Was describing um, like the 
flames into his eyes and a sword coming out of his, uh, his mouth when he spoke. And you know, I'm like so anti-God during this time, right? And I was telling him, like, what is he talking about? Like, he's really taking this literally? Like, it's more like a metaphor. He should know that. You know, it's like, really, who has a tongue for, or who has a sword for a tongue? You know, or coming out of their mouth. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, he's just preaching the gospel, you know, he's teaching what's in the Bible. <laughs> like, he's so dumb. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I was, like I said, it was pretty bad, dude. And um, when it came to God, I wanted nothing to do with it. And, was, yeah, and I was just like, this guy doesn't have any common sense, you know. And, um, anyway, so we, um, we get to a point where we're serious and I know that uh, she's, I've been knowing this whole time. She wanted, she was the girl that I wanted to be with. And then this came up. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet and continue going to church with her. If it means, if, if it means for me to get married to her, you know, to go to these services, then I'm going to do it. Got to get married and continue going. I'm going to do it. So um, I propose, we get married and I want to say it was within, I think, nine, ten months. Within a year, we ended up having our, our first baby. And this was, she was born in August. Was in August? Yeah, she was born in August. It's cool. It's cool because I, I have six kids, dude. So, yeah. Uh, so, my firstborn was born in August and, uh, I remember the year I got saved. I, I was also at the bridge because we kept going. She was born in 2013. That's when we got married. Um, beginning of the year. So yeah, about nine months later. And um, in 2014, when I got saved, because that's when the movie uh, God's Not Dead came out. And this from when we got married. So from when we got married up until then, we we're having issues, and it wasn't about like financial issues, trust issues. It was because of God. You know, I she basically married someone who was unequally yoked, and it caused a lot of issues and caused a lot of fights. You know, I wanted to stay home watch football. You know, and I wasn't trying to go every single Sunday. You know, to go to church, to go to go to uh, go to church, something I didn't believe in, and I didn't want to do. You know, now that we're married, now I can say something, you know, because she's not going to go anywhere, you know, so that's how I saw it. And it caused a lot of fights. And there was one major fight where um, I was just slamming doors, being loud, cussing. And I, <laughs> I remember I checked myself real quick, too, because um, I'm a strong believer in what you put out there. You, you know, when you speak something, you know, it'll manifest. So when I told her, like, uh, like it's always, I said, why are you always so angry? That's what she asked me. And I turned around and I was like, you know why? It's because you're always trying to make me go to church. You make me go do this. It's like, I make you? Like, I asked you to come and you come along. Like, you know what you're doing. You know, it's like, if I, if, if you ask me, what am I supposed to tell you? No? And then how's my day going to be when you get back? You know, so I go. So there's no no issues. Now I don't even want to go. I hate going to this place. I hate going to church. She's like, why? Like, she said something 
um, are you still against it or something? Was that? And or she said something that kind of like poked me, and it like really pissed me off. And I turned around. It's like it's you and that stupid. So stupid what? You know what I mean? She's like, no, I don't know what you mean. Stupid what? Just you know what? Never, never mind. Just forget it. And the next word that was coming out coming out of my mouth was gonna be God. And I was like, I'm telling you, I was bad, dude. So um, I was really fighting God, dude, like, you know. And um, she's like, I know what you're gonna say. Just say it. I'm like, no. You know what? Doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's just stop fighting. <laughs> so, um, and then she. Uh, so anyway, during that time, it was a month later when that movie came out. We watched it, and I'm a pretty emotional guy. I guess passionate and emotional, whether it's you know out of anger, or, uh, just passion, love, anything. You know, I, I'm pretty emotional, and and I whenever I watch a movie now especially when there's like a death scene or you know the story has to do with someone dying whatever i can, can I, I i can say that i can relate to it not that i died but i was kind of like on that path you know and i know what it's like to fall through depression you know going through the whole hospital and medical issues so um that movie came out it had nothing to do with medical issues like that but um at the very end spoiler alert for whoever hasn't seen it um <laughs> right. You haven't seen it? Yeah, I haven't seen the whole you never seen it? Oh, dude, how you call it's yourself like a Christian? Half. It's like half. Yeah. Do you do you care? Yeah. No, what? Uh, no, that I'm gonna Yeah, okay. I just don't like That was my <laughs> never have, never will. That's messed up, dude. My girls love me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the professor in the movie, right? Yeah, Hercules. Yeah, so he's like so against God because of his mom and this and that. Um, so at the end of the movie, you know, he gets what he deserves, and he's basic. So he's basically like, I guess, kind of like in my situation where he like realizes he's like missing out on something good, which is his girlfriend or fiance, whoever she was to him at the at the time, because they like broke up or she broke up with him because of the way he treated her. But he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to her. I know where she's at. So he's like walking to the arena or something like that. And um, yeah, there you go. And so the pastor in the movie, or the two pastors in the movie, they're in the car at the light, and this guy's crossing the the, the street. He ends up getting hit by a car, and they go and talk to him, and they're like, hey, you, you know, do you believe in God? Because the one guy was, the other pastor was like, hey, he's gonna die. And basically, they just start talking to him, like, hey, is God here? You know, do you believe in God, this and that? Like, no. And he's telling like, well, you can. You can still make it to heaven. Do you believe it, this and that? And he basically, like, as his, basically his last breath, he's telling like, yes, you know, I believe in God. You know, I want him as my savior. He dies off, you know, and everyone's having a great time at the end of the movie at Newsboys concert. <laughs> so, and so that, I just remember going through that, kind of like going through that myself, you know? Where I'm like, I mean, that's an emotional It was. Now that you're talking about that, yeah. So I'm like remembering, like, okay, I remember like what I went through, medically or health-wise, and then I remember what I went, what I'm going through with my wife now. I'm basically fighting God off, and 
um, that just stuck with me, right? And I think it was like uh, maybe like two weeks later, back at the bridge. And this time, I uh, what happened? Uh, I think we went mad have gotten like two cars. I showed up late because uh, the worship was already going. Honestly, it was like 10 minutes after it started. So she, uh, Alma then ends up with uh, her parents in the same spot in the corner. I end up like more towards the, like the same area, but like a, uh, more towards the middle of it. It's so big in there. It's like the right, right, right side. Anyway, it's just me. And then they're over there in the corner and I can see her looking and I'm like doing this, can't see me. And uh, I end up between two strangers. And as soon as uh, worship started, I'm standing there. All right, and then the songs started like playing. I'm like, oh, this is fun. I remember this one, and then I was like, oh. I'm getting emotional. Again. <laughs> and I was looking, and I'm like, right dead center, dude, in this in this aisle. And I just can't bolt it, you know, to the restroom. And um, I just stood there. I was like, all right, just you know, just swallow it, swallow up this emotion. Just it'll go away. Um, from like the beginning of when I got there, as soon as the song. Um, that were getting me emotional. I was just like, you know, slowly tears coming out. Then started crying. And as soon as we sat down, dude, worship was over. You know, Pastor Chuck was preaching. I don't remember what he was talking about. He was probably announcing, but he was still crying. I was still crying, dude. <laughs> from the very beginning, dude, when I walked in at the first song, or not, I think it was the second song, I was crying. I don't remember announcements. I don't remember the the, the teaching. I was, I just remember sitting there and just crying, dude, just crying, crying, crying. It just wouldn't stop. And uh, I got, well, I was just getting sweaty, hot. And then I just had like all these borders coming out and not one person offered me a tissue. Ugly crying. Yeah, ugly crying. Cause I was sobbing, dude. And I just remember in my mind, like it honestly, dude, it really felt like Jesus was like next to me, dude. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like it felt like his both of his hands were on my shoulders, dude. I just remember just like crying and sobbing, and just in my mind, just like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And um, it made me cry even more, dude. Like harder. And dude, I I think I dried out from tears by the end of service, but I was just still sobbing and crying. And um, I I stayed after after service was over. I was the only one in the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, in the sanctuary for like another 15 minutes after it was over because I was trying to gather myself up because I was waiting outside with the baby. And at this point, everyone's gone. And I walk out and just hanging out by um, this um, island where there's a tree where we'd always meet each other. And uh, she comes out, she's like, you okay? Yeah. Like, you want to go? And I go back to church. No, I don't think I can go yet. Like, I I don't think I should go in, in, until I go back in. And she's like, why? Like, I don't want to get all crazy, but, like, I feel I'm going to, if, if I walk away now, I honestly feel like I'm going to die. So, I'm, what do you mean? I, I just feel like I'm going to, because, and then, um, when I walked out, I was looking at, at the church, and then I remember the end scene, the, the end scene of, uh, ending scene of the movie God's Not Dead I remember where that guy was basically ready to you know accept Jesus um, or he was going back to his girl you know because he knew he was missing out and it's kind of like mine 
my situation and he ends up accepting Jesus on the street and he dies and that's why I was like hey, I feel like if I walk away I'm gonna die and I'm gonna die not accepting Jesus and I feel like that's that's what I want you know and she's like we'll go back inside if I go there's no one there dude no one except for two ladies in the front I go is there a pastor here I asked for Chuck and they're like oh he's long gone I'm like oh is there another pastor that can help me and they're like, well, Aaron's here. All right, we'll bring someone out, you know? Bring someone out, have him bless me, you know? Yeah. And uh, we sit in, like, the very back row of the middle of the sanctuary, and uh, he's telling me, like, are you... He was, he was asking me, like, what happened? And I was like, yeah, I just got emotional. I started crying, and, you know, like, I want... Um, I want to be saved. Like, I, what do I need to do, you know, to, to know that I'm, I'm going to be okay? You know, these are my questions, not knowing that, you know, about being saved and making it to heaven. Like, I just want to make sure I'm going to be okay with God, you know? And he's like, all right, well, let's do this. Are you ready to accept Jesus in your life, into your heart? And he's like, I'm like yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, like, he was me the whole time. Like, like, he was there with me. Like, yeah, man, I want to. So he, like, praised me through it. And he's like, all right, that's it. Congratulations, you're good. And I'm like, that's it? Really? But yeah, don't we need to do like some kind of ritual or ceremony? And he's like, no, you. Yeah, drop your pants. <laughs> Circumcision now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like, we want people. Yeah, it's fun. supposed to be a big thing, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's just a little bit quiet. Like, yeah, and that's where I got to meet my savior. And that's when I gave myself up and, you know, 2014, yeah. So it's been eight years now that I've been saved. And, but, yeah, man, it's it's been a long road, a long journey. At first I was on fire and then my fire kind of died out because I was still hanging out with my old worldly friends. And I don't hang out with them anymore. They don't reach out to me, which is... At, at the time when I realized that they weren't trying to hang out with me anymore, and it wasn't because, well, it was part because I was saved and I wasn't the same guy anymore. But I, um, dude, I was bad. Like the group of friends, you know how there's always like the worst guy in like a group of friends that like, cusses them all, you know, um, drinks them all. That's like that's like the worst things, right? Like um, I told Alma, like you marry that guy. Like I'm that guy. And I guess eventually I, I end up being that for everything football was the guy so, <laughs> so I told her like hey you married the worst guy out of the, that group of guys you know and um, I would tell her like when we would go hang out I was still like bitter about my, my divorce like I wanted to fight every single time we went out like I would look in the room try to make eye contact with people and just try to create trouble you know, I would want to get in a fight. There would be like some, you know, cussing, you know, some of that. But no one ever wanted to fight. And um, the most people. <laughs> so yeah, and then I was, I was an easy 250, 260 then, and I was working out then, so I looked a lot, you know, the rock. Yeah, there we go. But um, yeah, man, I was trying to look for trouble all the time. I was just mad about everything and I told her you know you married the worst guy and um, going back to my friends they weren't 
they're, they notice that you're not that same guy anymore. You're more quiet. You know, the cussing just went out the window, dude. It just automatically, it was, and it's not like I prayed for it or, you know, I really tried not to cuss. Dude, like, uh, if you were to take this interview and, you know, count the F-bombs, if it was me five years ago, it would have been, you would have, you know, have to put the explicit, yeah, a lot of beeps, and you would have that, and it would, you wouldn't be worth listening to. Um, but yeah, just, I walked out and it just, um, it just stopped automatically. You know, and I'm grateful for that because it was just part of me. And I would say it in front of my oldest, but she was like one or two. But my stepson, Jeremiah, I got to hear it a lot. And, um, and I went out the window. And um, anyway, these guys stopped hanging out with me. Um, um, where was that? So 2014. Who you with oh, that's right. So I'm sorry. Um, the reason I was saying that because um, the guys I was hang- I was still trying to hang out with my worldly friends. I didn't have a lot of uh, uh, church friends. Yeah, I didn't, fellowship- I didn't have any fellowship because I didn't know anyone. And the only person I knew was you, Jose. And yeah, he was single at that time. So he was out. Yeah. Yeah, he was out doing a lot of ministry. And No, and then actually we ended up uh, going to India with Chris McPike, and at that time I had just got saved, and I was like, I want to follow him. I was like, all right, whatever you want to do, you know. And I didn't know anything about like, you know, praying about it, seeing what the Holy Spirit tells me, nothing. So um, I was like, all right, let's go. And the church was good with Chris McPike, and um, but I let my old friends try to like, um, I was still trying to hang out with them. And they got, and I remember one time there might have been my, a birthday party. Um, I might have been 30 because it was a big party because they were there at my parents' house. And I told them, like, hey, uh, when I get married, or I think it was like right when I got married, like, hey, I was before I got saved, I told them for uh, what was it, a bachelor party, I want you guys to kidnap me and take me to TJ or make me family. Like, that way I can't say, like, I drove over there or anything. Like, they just picked me up and took me, you know. And, of course, I wanted the, the sinful, you know, all that, you know, worldly stuff for my bachelor party. And basically, that, I felt like that was my, my, like, I knew God was working on me. And I felt um, that was, like, my flesh's last um, request, you know, to, like, reaching out. Like, hey, if I can tell these guys... You know, they'll probably, you know, they'll do it. And it was kind of like, I told them it was, I was getting married and they're like, all right, you're going to TJ? I was like, nah, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't, I'm not trying to disrespect my my, uh, my bride like that. I'm like, what? They're tripping out. And uh, so anyway, um, that was before the marriage and the marriage, I was trying, still trying to hang out with these guys. And I lost a lot of my uh, passion for the Lord. So my fire started going down to very little, small, small, small flame. And Indio uh, Calvary Chapel was signing people up for men for a men's conference at the Twin Peaks. And and at this time I was not. Uh, I was still going to church. You know, I still listened to the Word, but I wasn't. You know, as strong for the Lord. And I um, 
and me and Alma were fighting a lot, and it had to do with me not being living in, um, in the Word, reading the Word, and you know just being with God. And I was hanging out with my old friends, and had, that had a big influence. And it got to the point where, where again we started fighting, you know, a lot of verbal confrontation, fighting, and uh, one of my friends was gonna get married, and he invited me to a bachelor party. And I was like, yeah, I'm down, dude. Whenever it is, I'm down, I'm going. And it happened to be on February 25th. I think it was whenever the Twin Peaks uh, conference was. And uh, I told him, like, I'm down, I'm going, expect me there. And then at the time, me and Alma were fighting, and she told, like, hey, so-and-so's getting married, I'm going to his bachelor party. She's like, you're gonna go? Like, yeah, I'm going, you have a problem with it? Like, you know, I started getting really, really disrespectful like that, and um, I just felt like, well, it's, it's over. Like, I've been, first before, I can get through another one, you know, and um, I, um, I remember Indio, it was like two weeks leading up to the defense conference, and they're like, all right, if there's sponsorships, anyone want to sign up? There was like 10 of them. No one was signing up, and then they pushed it again on Wednesday and Sunday nights, and I got down to like two, and then um, leading up to it, um, I started getting conviction, you know, and then uh, we had like one last fight when I was, and I was like, mm, this is not okay for your wife to be going through this. And um, the next day, I called uh, Chris fight and I told him, like, hey, do you have any more sponsorships for that uh, men's conference? He's like, no, we just gave out the last one uh, this morning. Oh, dang. Like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And he's like, well, you want to go? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, well, if I can, if I can partially get it you know, covered, we still go. Like, yeah, just let me know how much is left. I don't have much. I can't afford the whole thing, but, you know, there's part of it I can go. I was gonna borrow the money, and um, he calls me back like two hours later. Like, hey, you just give up like 45 bucks. Like, I got you, 45 dollars. I got it. So, this is leading. This is the week of the men's conference. For the, I think it started on Friday night, right? Yeah. So it's Friday night. Not 2016. That was the only time I went. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the. Men's conference is starting Friday, and the bachelor party is on Saturday, the 25th. Yeah, yeah, trying to do both. Double dip. Double dip, yeah. <laughs> and but at the same time, I'm. It's like it's just a constant battle, you know, between flesh and spirit. And I'm. So I'm like, okay, if I go to the men's conference, I can still do this, look good, look, you know, look good in front of everyone, and then uh, still go to the bachelor party. And uh, the, I'm telling you, the closer I got to the date of the bachelor party, I was just more interested in going to the men's conference. So um, I eventually go to the men's conference, and I find, and I end up staying to the two nights. So I miss out on the bachelor party, and we come back Sunday, which is Super Bowl Sunday too. I remember we're driving down, we're trying to get to somebody's house at by three o'clock, and. Uh, I come back to a new man on fire for God, and I go to Alman, and I'm just like, you know, begging, you know, to forgive me. And um, I think it was a month later, or within a few weeks after, that I realized that that same weekend, the and but it was also the same day of the bachelor party, the 25th, was our anniversary date. 
so I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was our anniversary day, dude, and I was like, like, I can't believe I was gonna go to a bachelor party on our anniversary, and but I decided to go to a men's conference, but I had completely forgot about our anniversary, so I'm pretty sure she did too, and um, I think that was probably, that was probably, probably, <laughs> but hey, I, I see it as like, it was, you know, the best gift God could have given us on that weekend. But yeah, ever since then, dude, I've, I, I had my ups and downs, like a lot of us do, but I mean, I still, I just know now, yeah, and I've been through some times where I just feel like, really sucks, these trials really suck, man, and you know, it's really tough. But I just know that if I just just keep going, dude, no matter what, even if I don't read my word or pray or post it or nothing like that, I just know that if I just keep moving forward, dude, like just keeping my eyes on, you know, on God, that it's going to help no matter what. Like I can just get beat up from all angles. And, you know, it helps when you pray. It helps when you read the word. But when that I didn't I just know just keep moving you know because there's no way I'm back to and I think that was the last part I feel like my flesh was really um, trying to like fight yeah I was really trying to hold me back but now I just know like hey like you just keep moving forward no matter what and God is good all the time and the worst times is you know probably the best times when uh, when I reach out to God Dude, I just, my marriage has been so much, it's, it's grown. I've grown as a man, like I, as a husband, and then I just try to be my best as a father. Oh, that was another thing too. I was, uh, I remember uh, when I took this medication for the kidney, they told me I was uh, making it sterile. And basically means they're just gonna clean, basically make me not be able to have kids. So, my first marriage, we tried once uh, for a while not to have kids. Didn't work out. So my first marriage, we didn't have any kids. And I told Alma, according to the marriage, hey, I can't have any kids because they told me I'm sterile from the medication. Like, all right. We ended up having the first baby. Now it's a miracle baby. Everyone was going crazy in my family. Like, oh my gosh, you're having a kid after they told us you couldn't. And then we ended up having another one. Hey, let's ride this miracle, you know. <laughs> so this time, uh, first one we named Jasmine. Second one we named Emma, and um, we found out we're pregnant again. This is with our third. And I told, we, I brought it up to Alma, like, hey, what if we had already agreed on having four? And I told her, like, hey, how about we um, name, uh, do something crazy by you know honor God by naming our kids uh, Jesus by taking the first initial. You know, taking the first initial for every kid to spell Jesus. She's like, that's that's nice. Like, but you know that we have to have an extra one, right? Like, it's five. Like, you're willing to do that? And she's like, yeah, I'm down. So we end up having all five. And, of course, you take their first initial and it spells out Jesus. So that was, I, like I said, I, I had never thought I'd experience fatherhood. But just to be able to say, like, hey, yeah, we took the time to name, name each one. You know, according to what initial they fell on, you know, it's 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 awesome, dude. That I can say like, hey, I named my kids. You know, and this is honoring God. And people, some people are like, oh, that's cute. 
you know, non-believers and some or others will be like, wow, like, that's so cool. That's crazy. Like, I can't believe we did that. And, uh, yeah, but now we, we ended up having our five girls and then we ended up having a boy. We're at six now. <clears throat> six kids. I'd be Kobe. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, there's. story where uh, we uh, like I said fatherhood was a big thing is is a big thing for me so our after our third we got pregnant with our fourth and uh, I mentioned it one of the uh, I had a podcast before but uh, we ended up having a miscarriage and um, I, I ended up going to the doctors by herself and uh, she's like oh I'll go it's okay it's just a checkup I'm like no I should go with you let me go with you and at the, at the doctor's they end up telling or the ultrasound tech tells her that uh, it's like, oh, when did you know you are having a miscarriage? She didn't know. It's not something she should have said anyways. It's the doctor's is something, it's what the doctor should have said, you know? And she's like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know I was having a miscarriage. Oh, sorry. So I was, then she came home and she told me, like, hey, having a miscarriage. And I was like holding her, you know, supporting. She was crying. And um, she, she was telling me, like, I should have had you go with me. You know, I really wish you were there. And I didn't say anything. I was just holding her. I remember holding her on the couch, looking up towards the window, and just thinking about this whole situation. And um, I had to say it out loud, dude, because I couldn't accept what she was telling me. But I just said it out loud, so I told her, like, so does this mean when I have a baby? And she's like, no. And that's when she started crying. Like, I had to hear it myself, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, when that happened, that was, our, our, that was supposed to be our fourth one. And I thought, you know, a lot of people think about, like, oh, why God, why would you take away my child, this and that? It, honestly, I didn't even think that. Dude. Like, I, I praise God for having given me the opportunity to become a father. And for the opportunity, it could have been a possible fourth. And me and Alma got a lot closer, you know, in our marriage. And, dude, we just reached out even more. We, you know, we're in the Word. We prayed more. Uh, we went to church every single service, you know, for like, know, like almost two months because we just needed the fellowship. And, you know, I not once I ever feel angry at God for, you know, taking this fourth child. You know, and like, right after that, it was experience and stuff like that. I just, you know, like, 
thought he's good. And for some reason, now it's his plan. You know, whether it was for someone else or for us, you know, but he blessed us with three more kids, dude. So I'm just like, you know, one day, you know, I might be able to get to see that child. But right now, I'm enjoying life with six kids, you know, wonderful wife, you know, wife of a, a godly uh, caring wife. And, you know, I just, I, don't know, I can't complain about my life, dude. I really can. I have all my, my needs met, you know, whenever there's a want. The question is, is it really a want? You know, and if it's something that God wants to bless us with, it'll happen. You know, but everything is, even the like downtimes, I still look back on my life. It could have been so much worse. You know, like I got what I wasn't expecting. You know, I wasn't expecting fatherhood. And a second chance at marriage. Because I honestly thought I was going to be that cool, the cool uncle that was still clubbing all the way through his 40s and ends up dying. You know, like, you know, buying my nephews and my niece whatever they want, hanging out with them. Like, oh, dear, you're cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was, that's how I saw my life. Fading out, you know, into my 40s. Um, but I didn't even know if I was gonna make it to the 40s. I'm 38 now and I'm still, you know, <laughs> waiting for number seven and I'm still waiting to cross 40, man. And I think that's for me, it's a, it's a big deal to get to 40. Because uh, that's what they told me. You know, I was 23. They told me, you got 10 years. Yeah, they were killing us. <laughs> I was like, hey, look at my life now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for it. And it went by like quick, dude. You want? Do you have any questions, Pastor? Do my five? Yeah, go ahead. You ready for the five? actually at work um, my position allows me to I sit down for 12 hours and there's certain times and uh, like through the week like most of the weekends where it's a lot slower it allows me to have some free time so I'll pull up the Bible app and put in one of my earbuds and listen I like to listen to the narrator read the story as I'm reading along because it's kind of like a little bit of everything you read it because they say it's your memory is better when you read it but when I'm listening to someone it makes it interesting you know it's not like what is it you call it like a story mode where it's like acting like a simulation or something it's just a narrator reading along but listening to him so I don't have to hear my own voice in my head you know because then I'll get distracted and I'm like oh this is kind of boring you know but not the word but you know just reading so um, I'll listen to, to the narrator and I'm reading along and it helps, you know, just get through it. And I think I was doing the one year Bible and uh, one year Bible is pretty much what I've done. 
on the app and then um, I'll pull up the book at home and it's probably I tried doing early in the morning but I'm just not a morning person dude so I'll just try to do something right before I go to sleep um, yeah mostly it's on my phone what's, what's your favorite verse? um favorite verse not really a verse uh, I don't think I've read one yet that I hold close to my heart the one I used to really like was um on the armor of God it's like that whole verse because I saw it as like as a warrior type you know point of view but now it's just kind of like I read so many other I haven't read I've read so much other scripture that it's just oh God. like that's kind of like I don't know beginner stuff that's why I say like when you just get to know the Lord you, know, you get like the whole mentality you know I want to take on the devil and his demons and it's like nah man I'll let God do that you know, I'll let him take care of it I got so much other stuff going on but uh, my book my favorite book dude uh, I was I really enjoyed uh, the Old Testament and I think it was Second uh, Kings and I think it's the Second Kings where you have a lot of David right yeah. David dude uh, is it Second Samuel yeah, yeah? okay Second Samuel and what really got me on that one is because it's pretty gruesome dude and I was telling Jose that I was like, dude, do you know this guy named Joab? He's like, Joab. I'm like, yeah, man. It's uh, David's like right hand guy, dude. And he's like, I was telling, him, I was telling him like the stories that I was reading. I could just imagine this guy did like everything for David. He did like all the killing for him. And but he was so hardcore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was like his his go to guy, man. Like, hey, I need you to handle this. Yeah, I was cons- like strongly considering naming my my son Joab because of his like his background. Dude. Not because he killed people, but just because he, you know, kind of like yeah, went out, took it. <laughs> he went up taking uh taking the enemy out, you know, and doing you know this is basically for the Lord. But I ended up going back, and uh, I just really enjoyed Joshua, the book of Joshua. So that's what I ended up naming my son Joshua. basically I feel like your life is falling apart like I said um, honestly I think I think number one would be prayer um, because it if you really want the help or if you really want to be able to get through the trial you reach out to God and God will be placing people in your life you know, at the right time and it's not even like them coming out and talking to you like hey are you okay no, it's just They'll just say something encouraging, you know, and that kind of gets me back into, you know, into the Word and you know, gets me back to God because I feel sometimes it's, I like walk away and I've gone too far. 
know, but it's not that I've gone too far to go back, but it's just, you know, I don't know, I guess it makes me, my heart starts getting hard again, you know, it's like, oh, can't do that again, can't go back to him. Um, I say prayer just to reach out to God, and he said, yeah, and then God would, like I said, put those pieces in your life, get you going again, and um, at least for me, like I said, if I'm not praying or reading the word, I just know that when I look back on my life, I don't want to go back, and I don't want to lose what I have, so it's just, you know, just continue one day at a time, and basically one step at a time, just keeping me forward, and you know, sometimes it's just like, um, all I need to do is just reach out to God. I don't want to and I could just end all this by reaching out to God but I feel like I need to get I don't know broken more you know to be able to be able to yeah break out of that and I just feel whenever I um, when I finish that trial or when I come out of the trial it's stronger but I just feel like I don't need to do all that sometimes um, and then when I saw sunshine and lollipops I try to not to get out. I try to enjoy my time when everything is going well. Try to enjoy it, but I try not to uh, forget. You know how easy it can be taken away, or how fast it can just go back the other way. Um, so I try to. Like I, I, I don't think. At least I don't think. I don't think I have an ego. Like I, I tried to check that a long time ago. So you know. Being humble, it's, uh, it's uh, not that I try, it's just, you know, when I see myself trying to, like, I don't know, run, like the old me tries to rise up, or, you know, some pride comes up, I'm like, hey man, you need to check yourself, dude. But yeah, I think it's just um, when it's great like that, enjoy it, and um, just try to remember like, how you got there. Halloween. I heard this um, the last one, uh, last podcast. The worst candy, dude, I have to say, is that watermelon candy that shows that just happens to show up. It's like a watermelon wrapper. You ever seen it? Oh, the red one with oh, the green top, yeah, the twisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst thing they ever put in these bags, dude. The candy corns are alright. Uh, all this other stuff is cool, but that's no one ever eats those, dude. I don't eat those. Yeah. Oh, dad tax is uh, I'm about to go with John Snickers and uh, peanut butter cups. What? What's wrong with Snickers? It's the best candy bar, dude. It really is. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, like Three Musketeers, huh? Kit Kats are good. My my favorite. Really, I never never heard of that until. Well, I remember seeing them, but I never acknowledged it until I was like a lot older, dude. Is that? Yeah, that's that yellow one. Yeah. The red letter. I've seen it. I just have. Do they have different kinds? 
under the technology. They usually comes with a bag that has like filter, bar, garlic, virtue, crackle, Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Start talking about food. Five. That's what you should call it, the Fat Five. <laughs> Straight raw, like you said, uncut. <laughs> but that's just transition from one hour to the other. <laughs> out to me a couple weeks ago and asked me how how I came to God what led me there you know why do I believe in God so when you, you get to listen to this podcast in a nutshell and this, you, know, you, you know why you know how I came to God and why I still believe in the Lord yeah like you are like in a sense Actually, I wish that I had that, like, during my 20s, instead of going out partying. I wish, like, you guys got, or well, he got to you guys young, young or younger than me, because I wish I had, I honestly do wish I could have had that. I know we're going to get to your stories, but, like, Oh, yeah. 
I was at the club then. You're like 27, yeah. right? 20 yeah. Whatever. I'm pumped. I was like wishing. What you doing? Yup. Oh yeah. They ruined my life a little better. <laughs> it ruins us. Too. Oh yeah. Already? What, what's today? He's up at midnight. It's Wednesday, bro. Oh, he dropped. Okay, I was like, dude, there's no way. It's open, dude. No. Wait, oh no, it's not open. But tomorrow is uh, at 7, right? Dude. It just seems like every year I get, like, more and more away from football. I think I told I, I remember I, having this conversation with Alma. I, well, I, I don't know if you remember how like how much of a Raider fan I used to be. Like this is like a 12 year old shirt, dude. And the bucket hat was a gift. And the blue Raiders hat I just happened to get because I when I was in Vegas I was like that's a nice hat. I'm a Raider. So. <laughs> so I I'm just like I'm done. You know like.